I tried to hit the mute button real quick, and I you accidentally turned didn't. on my camera for a second. <laughs> wow. Hello and welcome to the Negative World Podcast, a podcast about video games by the Nintendo fans at negativeworld.org. This is episode 92 and we're recording this on Thursday, September 29th, 2016. I'm your host, Steven, or as I'm known on the boards, Dr. Finkelstein. And with me today is my co-host, Joe. Hello, Steven. <laughs> Hi, Joe. You know, I anticipate that kind of hello and I still can't stop myself from laughing at it every time. Hello. <laughs> it's like a... It's like a mountain man version of Mrs. Doubtfire. I kind of think of um, Uncle Leo from Seinfeld. Mm. You remember that? So an Uncle Leo, Mrs. Doubtfire. Hello, Jerry. Anyway. Um, What century do you think this is, by the way? I don't know, man. (laughs) Seinfeld's good. No, that's good. It's good. Uh, Well, let's, uh, let's... Move forward quickly here. Uh, we have a buddy here tonight, an old friend. Uh, he has been on the show in uh, quite a few podcasts, but we'd like to welcome him back. His name's Paul, and you know him as Plute. Hello, to- Joe! And <laughs> Steven. <laughs> it's Plute! <laughs> Yay! Paul Kenny, a.k.a. Plute. Freak that is correct. Out. Welcome back, man. Oh, thank you. I'm glad <laughs> to be back. <laughs> So it's been quite a while since you've been on the show. Uh, I think it was episode nine, or not ninety-two. That was that's right now eighty-two um, or eighty-four. I don't even know. I'm really so tired and loopy right now. <laughs> so it's going to be oh, no. an outstanding show. I can tell. <laughs> There's already been an edit, but I'm not going to do that to this. I'm just so I'm I'm coming, you know, with some sort of illness or something. I'm coming up with something, so I'm uh, I'm feeling a little weird and loopy. Uh, so. I'm going to hang in there. Um, hopefully you guys will too. But welcome, Paul. Welcome, Joe. Uh, it's been a little while since we've had a show. We uh, we had that awesome live edition. And then I guess that was just like all of our energy spent for a while. It's true. And, it's true. Uh, we needed some time to recover yeah. after that. Well, you know, a lot's been going on here. I mean, the summer wound down and there was a lot of stuff to do uh, around the house and in life here for myself as well. And uh, work's been really crazy, so uh, thank you for everyone for your patience, and uh, we're happy to be back. Yes. So let's jump into the usual format. I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel here. Paul, uh, will you start us off with your now playing, please? I am now playing Dragon Quest Seven for the 3DS, and it is a game that I'm playing. Whoa. That was a great segment. I appreciate the detail. Let's Mine move on to Joe. Lone. Do we is this Greg Leahy? Do we have Greg Leahy on the phone right now? So that was some insightful commentary. Yeah. Oh so, sorry. So this just came out, right? <laughs> uh yeah, I mean it's uh What's well, a remake? It's a remake of a PlayStation One game, uh Dragon Warrior Seven. Um 
You know what? Not to not to interrupt, but what's the real difference between Dragon Quest and Warrior? What where's the the divider? Uh, if there the, even is one, there it really isn't. It, when the the series came to North America way way back, um, they I mean, called it yes. they, yeah they called it Dragon Warrior instead of Dragon Quest. Okay. Maybe it sounded maybe it sounded tougher. I don't know. Well, there I, was there was already a game called Dragon Quest in North America, so they they couldn't call oh, it that. And so let's pretend I said that. <laughs> <laughs> and then eventually, the eventually that first Dragon Quest, I don't know if they you know, the whoever made that, if they just like lost the trademark or whatever it was, but that's when they that's when they switched to the international consistency. It was um I think Dragon Dragon Quest Advance three, Dragon Warrior One, I think it was called Now I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just a play on the Super Mario okay. Dance series. All right. okay. yep. All right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I got it. Either, either I'm incredibly dumb or I'm way too intellectual <laughs> for tonight's audience. I don't know. Or you're tired. Um, you know, either way. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I'm playing Dragon Quest VII, the 3DS version, and <laughs> I'm, I, I have a love-hate relationship with it right now because it starts slowly. Have you played DQ7 before? I have not. Okay. No, and, and that's probably why I kind of jumped on this one because I had not actually played the uh, Dragon Warrior Seven. Mm-hmm. So, I, and I heard that they changed a few things around to keep it. Uh, I think they they said you know it's the original is about a hundred hours to play, and they say this one's maybe eighty. So okay. they they kind of streamlined it a bit. Um, it starts off slowly, like really slowly. Isn't that everyone in the series though? Or no? Dragon Quest Eight starts off with a battle. Dragon Quest Seven starts off with me falling asleep. <laughs> um, and of course, it starts off, of course, with with your character waking up in bed and his mom waking him up because that seems to be a RPG trope from back then. Um, it's a fun game. Now that the game has started, oh yeah, and he- here we go. Nintendo put out a quick start guide, which covers the first twenty hours of the game. <laughs> wow. Yeah, they put out a quick start guide just to go, oh, you know, to get you through the, the beginning, the very beginning of the game, here you go. It covers the first 20 hours, which actually took um, me about 24 hours. When you say put out, like in what um, format? Di- di- sorry, di- digitally. You can, if you search it, you'll see that they have a Nintendo's official quick start guide. So it's like a PDF or something? Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. then, uh, it's just interesting because the, one of the main things in this game is you can, find jobs, and you, you give your characters jobs, you know, classes. This isn't introduced until 20 hours into the game. Mm-hmm. Which is very interesting. I It seems like you've played this before, Joe. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Like the original version? Yeah. Very cool. So, I mean, it's, it's interesting because, you know, without giving away too much, you're, you live on this little island, it's the only island in the world, and then you know, through the story, you find out that there's all these other places that do exist, but they were sealed away for one reason or another. And you're basically bringing them back to your time period by by averting some sort of danger that happened on these different uh, islands in these different places. And <clears throat> there have been some really interesting stories. There have been some really tedious stories. Um I don't know. Like right now that I, I've unlocked the ability to to uh, 
do jobs, I think I'm a little more excited about it. But I have almost given up on it uh, a few times, actually. But now I think I'm going to probably see it through, now that I'm 25 hours into it. <laughs> What's the purpose in holding back the job class system uh, for so long? I'm I'm not sure. <laughs> um, the the interesting thing is, oh, I don't really want to spoil anything, but even when you when you think that you're you're going to be doing the job thing soon, the game like pulls pulls the carpet <laughs> out, it like pulls it out from under you, and you go, oh, and then you get this really long, actual, pretty pretty cool chapter of the game, but you're basically still moving toward getting to that, you know, one of those points on the back of the box. <laughs> hmm. <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I'm hoping to see it through to the end. I've been genuinely surprised by some of the story. Um, and what's really interesting is the NPCs always have something different to say. Like, something will happen, something minor will happen in the game. Oh, let's go talk to all the NPCs in this town because they all have something different to say now. And whenever I talk to these people, let's make sure I do party chat so I'm talking to all the people in my party because they have something to say now too, which is actually pretty astounding. Um, and Dragon Quest is kind of famous for that. Dragon Quest Seven itself, just I, mean, I can't imagine how big the script is for it. Mm. Pretty crazy. So do you, do you spend more time reading or playing? You don't have to talk to all the NBCs. It's, it's, it's up to you, really. But when you do that, sometimes it'll kind of flesh out what's going on in that town. Mm-hmm. But it's totally up to you, usually. Some of the chapters, you got to run around and look for people in a town. You don't know where they are. And those are the ones where I kind of decided, maybe this isn't for me. But luckily, those are few and far between, at least so far. So, yeah. There is a lot of reading. A lot. But... Yeah, that's still a pretty fun game. Um, what was your uh, like what what other Dragon Quest games had you played? Uh, one, two, three. I have on the NES, mm-hmm. and I played <clears throat> a good chunk of four. I, the DS, there's like a remake on the DS. Mm-hmm. I believe it was four. Might have been five, but I didn't get through it, and I'm kind of kicking myself for that. I'll probably go back okay. to it. And of course, Dragon Quest Eight is one of my favorite games ever. Nice. Yeah, I love Dragon Quest Eight. Um, a little aside there, that's coming out for the 3DS as well. Um, but they're not going to have the uh, orchestrated soundtrack for that. Hmm. Which is unfortunate. Because they actually, the Japanese version of Dragon Quest Seven has a really beautiful orchestrated soundtrack, but when they brought it over to North America for one reason or another, they uh, uh, quote-unquote downgraded it to a MIDI soundtrack, which wouldn't have bothered me if I didn't know that happened. Why would that even be a thing? I'm not sure. Like, I went online just to hear what the soundtrack sounds like. Mm. And I shouldn't have done that. Mm. Like, all of a sudden, these pieces of music that I thought were, eh, okay, were, like, really beautiful. I'm like, oh, why did I do that? But some people are saying it might be because of trademark reasons, because the orchestra who did it, or, like, I'm not, I I haven't gotten a full full answer for it, but it's really Mm. unfortunate, because, like, these compositions like orchestrated are so nice mm. and i have to deal with a, still the, the midi is not bad but when you have when you know sure. that something better is out there and they're and for dragon quest 8 they're getting rid of the orchestrated soundtrack as well which is unfortunate because on the playstation yeah. 2 it's it's a it's 
very nice. It's one of the things that really kind of grabbed me when I originally played it. Ragazzo. Yeah. So anyway, Dragon Quest Seven. It you might like it, you might not. It's it's interesting. You know when when people watch a show and they say give it, you know, the first season's not good. Right. The second season's when it takes off. Well, they're like, or, you gotta watch seasons one through five, and they're god awful. Yeah, then, I know. But season six and seven, <laughs> whew. Yeah, so, so this is like, you know, give the game 20 hours. 20 hours. You might, you might like it. That's 20 hours of your life. <laughs> but I, I am really getting, getting into it now, so. Yeah. So I, you know, I love, uh, all the Dragon Quest games. It's, it's one of my favorite franchises. And I find them all good and all enjoyable. But seven is my least favorite. So I was kind of, I was looking forward to not rushing out to play the 3DS remake, but playing it someday just to see if it sort of boosted up my, uh, my opinion of that title. Well, I hear like a, a lot of things were kind of streamlined a bit, especially yeah. at the, in the beginning of the game. Mm. Um, but also some of those things, because I hadn't played the original version. I, this is all things I hear from other people. Sure. Um, like at the, at the very beginning of the game, basically, you have to go and find these artifacts. And I don't know how it works in Dragon Warrior 7, but in Dragon Quest 7, it's, you go to these graveyards and they're the artifacts and you just pick them up and it's just like completely pointless. There's no adventure to it at all. Hmm. Like they could have just taken that out completely. And it would have been better. It would have saved, I don't know, 15 minutes. Right. But anyway, I don't want to be down on it. Uh, I really like the writing. The writing is great. Um, the characters are up and down, but I'm really starting to like uh, specifically one of the characters I can't really talk about right now. It's good. It's a, if you're into Dragon Quest, you'll probably enjoy it. Just be prepared for a really big slog at the beginning. So you wouldn't recommend it as a first-time Dragon Quest game? I don't think so. I think Dragon Quest VIII is probably the most one of the most perfect. I don't know, just games in general. <laughs> I would yeah. say start with Dragon Quest VIII, and then when you get interested, kind of you can go back or forward. It's up to you. But I never went past eight. I never went to nine or anything. So. Uh, nine's good. Yeah. It's extremely different than eight, though. I mean, it's. I know that's yeah. what didn't. That's what. That's why I went. Eh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So last question I've got really for this series in general because I don't know too much about it. Uh, mm -hmm. I do own Dragon Warrior on the NES, but I never really took it very far. Did you get it for free for Nintendo uh, Nintendo Power? Uh, uh, no. Nintendo Power thing. No, I did not. I, I did. Just... Awesome. <laughs> Yeah. Hmm. So anyway, sorry, sorry about that. No, um, honestly, I'm not sure how it got in my collection. <laughs> my NES collection, <laughs> you know, I was so young that who knows what the hell led to all those games. But uh, my question is, do the, the the games link up in any way as far as story or characters or history? Is there a, a Dragon Warrior Historia? I think it's best for Joe to answer this. I'm pretty sure the first <laughs> two do. Yeah, it's uh, they're all in trilogies so it's uh but they actually all go in in a weird order where it's like three one two is the chronological order and then six four five i believe is the next and then uh i don't know what the order is for seven eight and nine 
but I know it's much more disjointed. So they, like the first three are very, it's very concrete how they relate to each other chronologically. And then the middle three are like, okay, there's, yeah, some connections. And then the last three, it's like, and then, uh, seven, eight, nine, it's like, Square Enix says they're connected, but, yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's, and that's it. And then 10 is standalone, and we don't know about 11 yet. So. And I mean, truthfully, you can play any of them. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. if you wanted to play Dragon Quest 3, which, yes, it's is back amazing. on the NES, it's yep. one of the best NES games. Totally. It's so good. It blew my mind back in the day because I went from, uh, one to three. I didn't do two at the time, mm-hmm. and I was just amazed with how much it advanced. So, yeah. real quick, yeah, three is freaking amazing, but my relationship with three is I had one, and I loved it, and this was back in the days of renting video games, so I rented three, <laughs> and I didn't even get past like the first dungeon mm-hmm. because I could not figure out I didn't know that you're supposed to like make your own party or whatever it was. <laughs> I just did not understand. I did not grasp the concept. And so I could not advance. I was just like, what the hell am I supposed to do? And I just ran around in circles for the whole 48 hours, whatever it was, and <laughs> brought it back. <laughs> That's sad. Yeah. Well, but eventually you figured it all out. And oh, are. yes. And it is so, so good. Yeah. Dragon Quest, one day, one day, Steven. Just pick one and play it. <laughs> just don't start with seven. Well, maybe you would like it. I don't know. Like, I am enjoying it, but mm. it has a slow start. And it's, I'm not saying the first 20 hours are slow, but, you know, the first few hours are pretty slow, and then the game doesn't totally open up until you get to that point 20 hours later. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Uh, all right, well, then I think we can jump into Joe's now playing. Uh, yes. What do you want to start off with, bud? Um, we'll, just, we'll go down this list here that the uh, listeners can't see. So um, there's two new games I've been playing and then one older game. And the I've spent not a ton of time with any of them, so this will probably be somewhat quick. But uh, the first game I've been playing is Rodea the Sky Soldier. That is the game from Yuji Naka, creator of Sonic and Knights, that uh, was in development hell for a long time on the Wii. It was, as many people probably know, the game was finished for the Wii, and then for whatever reason, they just kind of shelved it, and everyone thought it was dead, and then they were like, surprise, it's coming to the Wii U, and the Wii together and the 3ds oh yes and the 3ds yeah um so uh it's a game where you fly it's very hard to describe okay did either of you play this game no i've seen it on the shelf okay that's that's okay i've seen it on the shelf too at at joe's place (laughs) yeah that's true is it anything um, like Knights? Or? Okay, yeah. I mean, it, it really, it's it's interesting because it really is like a hybrid of Knights and Sonic, which is kind of interesting. And why I, I was so, so, so excited to play this game. Uh, rather, I guess I was before it like 
came out and then people reviewed it and <laughs> but um so you kind of you're this character that can fly but you can't fly uh forever it's more like hopping kind of so it's it's weird it's a weird mechanic because you have to click on spots in the world like you have to if you're looking at a part of the world you have to click on you know oh there's a there's a a building in the distance kind of and you you have to like point at it with the Wiimote or point at it with a target reticle and then click the button to fly to that spot so you can't just fly in any direction you have to fly towards something so is it a jump like kind of like the old incredible hulk or the incredible hulk jumps you're right yes the incredible hulk jump would would kind of be a way to think about it but you go in a, a more or less direct line you know the hulk would would be in like this huge parabola or whatever it is this huge arc right yeah uh but more or less you just go in a straight line okay um now you may notice already I'm having difficulty describing the controls because the Wii U version and the Wii version, which is what I have access to, control entirely differently. In fact, it is such a strange, strange scenario because the games even have different mechanics in them. Like, in one of the games, you uh, you sort of need to uh like like you collect kind of like power ups to sort of restore your health uh and you can take a certain number of hits and then you die uh based on these power ups and then the other one it's like that's totally not there and you have like an hp health meter and wow they're just they're very different and I'm not 100% sure why they're very different, but they are. Um, so one of my dilemmas has been going back and forth between these two versions, trying to test out which one I like better and which one I should ultimately, you know, invest the time in. I didn't want to, I didn't want to play all the way through one of them and then try the other one and be like, Oh crap, this is, this is way better. Why didn't I just do this? So, I've kind of been going back and forth, and, you know, there's an expression in uh, American football, which is, if you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. Which means, if there are two quarterbacks that you can't really decide between, it probably means they both kind of suck. If there was one that was worth starting, you would know. And that is really the dilemma I'm finding with, with Rodea, is that I, I go back and forth between these two versions, and as soon as I start playing, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is this is way better. And then I play it for a little bit, and then I get frustrated, and then I go try the other version, and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is way better. That other one sucked. And I play it for a little bit, and then I get frustrated, and I'm like, oh, I'll just try the other version again. And I just keep going back and forth. And it's basically what it means is both versions are kind of un pleasant for different reasons so um and primarily it just stems from from that control method i was talking about about having to click on something to go there so it's extremely frustrating that you are supposed to be this um 
this entity that flies, right? Kind of flies the way that Knights does. Uh, and then you kind of do these homing attacks, Sonic style, to beat stuff up or zoom in towards collecting things, whatever. Um, so it's a, it's a nifty idea and it's a really cool hybrid between those two successful and reasonably popular, in the case of Knights, franchise. Uh, but the problem is that all sense of flying is completely lost when you have to, like, retarget, uh, the ground or, you know, some object in order to keep going. And you can't fly forever. So you will eventually, like, just start falling, right? And then you can, you can re-up your, your flight at any time. You just need something to click on. But what it ends up being then is more kind of like Spider-Man, you know, where you have to kind of like sling webs at things in order to keep yourself airborne. And that can get frustrating, especially when most of the world is these little floating islands, which means there's a lot of air space. There's a lot of empty space, which would be cool if you could just fly around, you know, with with a degree of freedom. Uh, but if you think about it like slinging webs with Spider-Man, it means that you can very easily get in a situation where you don't have that next spot to hook onto, you know? And when you're trying to, like, fight things in midair and the camera is pointing up at a bunch of sky instead of the ground, and and you're trying, like, the game asks you to do, even early on, some fairly sophisticated flying in terms of, like, changing the arc of your flight and things like that. And it just, uh, I want to like it so badly. And I'm going to eventually finish the game because I want to see the whole thing and judge the whole thing. But... Uh, you know, it's just, it's just a disappointment. And it's just so sad because it, I feel like it could have been such a simple fix to just basically remove that, that limitation, you know? Um, even honestly, just using the nunchuck to control the camera, you know, the game is, is either Wiimote only or gamepad only. Um, and in, in neither situation is it easy to control the camera. So just if they just gave you an uncheck option, I think that would that would make a world of difference. But so that's my little uh, spiel on Rodea. Unless any of you have questions, uh, when you click on uh, where you're going to go on the Wii U version, do you just use like the touchpad or? No, it's actually um, you just you just use like the uh, uh, second stick. Oh, okay. Yeah. Does it feel like it was more designed, like, because it was designed for the Wii? Is it kind of noticeable that it was designed for the Wii? You know, that, like, that's a really good question. The, um, I'm gonna say no, because it's not even, it's really not even like, oh, here's a Wii U version of what was a Wii game. Like, I, I looked into the development, and it was, it was basically like, I can't remember what company it was, but basically someone kind of swooped in and was like, Okay, we'll put your finished game on the Wii U. Like, we'll bring your Wii game over, but we want to make a Wii U version of it. And that's why there's all these differences. Yes. You know exact. what? Truthfully, I know you're you're being down on it, but as <laughs> as a co- as someone who likes to collect things, yes, I, I, it sounds like I don't know an interesting something very interesting. I'd like to check out for myself. Oh yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, I encourage you to do so. I mean, I was so so excited and. And I hope, I hope to one day get to the point where 
Um, you, you know, it's the cat. Like, maybe if I just invest enough hours, I'll get so comfortable <laughs> with controls, you know, and then it'll be fun. Um, but that's, I think we all know that's not an ideal way to approach any game. But, um, yeah, even, even as far as like, this is so weird. Even the story elements, um, not necessarily what happens, but what is presented to you is different in the two games. So, for instance, one of them starts with this like opening monologue that basically contains spoilers for like later in the game. It's just bizarre. It's so bizarre. And so, and if you play the other version, then you would have no knowledge of this <laughs> thing, this major plot point that I think is supposed to be kind of a, a reveal later. So just, just amazing. That's strange. This kind of reminds me of a podcast you guys had a little while back. You're talking about uh, Turtles Tournament Fighters and how ah, yes. all, it had the same name, but it was actually three different games. Yes. Yeah. Good Very point. Strange, yeah. Uh, Steven, did you have a quick question? No, I was just going to mention, actually, that you and I have talked about this a little bit recently, so I didn't have any. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> but then Paul, Paul spoke up, and I wanted him to be able to speak, so. Cool. Aw, thanks. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll move on to uh, Chibi Robo Ziplash, then, which is the next game on my list. Um, man, I'm going to sound like a little, little old rain cloud today, because uh, this game, I also was not thrilled about this game and kind of for very similar reasons in a sense uh almost extremely similar so uh have either of you played chibi robo ziplash i I (laughs) you own it you haven't played it though no i have uh but i i kind of fell short because yeah i mean i didn't have a great experience with it either uh, well, I'm I, pretty sure Steven owns it because it came with the Amiibo. Uh, we all know why Steven <laughs> owns it. <laughs> Don't worry. I I, I got it. Uh, <laughs> I played through a little bit of it, and I kind of fell uh, as yeah. well. But I'll tell you, I, I wish that I had known that they were going to release the Amiibo separately, because then I would have saved myself the trouble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So yes, yeah, so I I got this game actually not for the amiibo. I mean the amiibo is very nice. I was happy to get that, but um, I, you know, Chibi Robo is a franchise that I I keep wanting to love. I love the idea, you know, of this little this cute little robot that just goes around doing sort of the things that humans don't want to do, um, and. I wasn't originally sold on this concept because this one, you know, a lot of the Chibi Robo games are like slightly different genre wise. Uh, and this one was originally people were like, Oh, it's a platformer. That's not what Chibi Robo is about, you know? Uh, but when they really revealed it at last year's E3, E3 2015, uh, they showed all these kind of like, uh, I guess you could maybe call them set piece moments or whatever when like the perspective of the camera changes and like interesting things happen in the level and it, it really it just it looked like a, a fun adventure, you know? It looked like just just like the old school when you'd play a platform game and you had this sense of adventure and it was just good, clean fun, you know? And so I was really excited about the game with that mentality and start playing it. And it's just, it's really similar to Rodea in that the mechanics of the game in which you are supposed to use your little power cord to 
kind of like you use it as a grappling hook to get around. It just feels limiting, you know? It just feels like it is the kind of mechanic where there's things you can see that you're supposed to do, that you want to do, but that you can't do because of some restraining factor, which in this case is the the length of your little power cord, right? And so if you're not familiar with the game, you each level, each and every level, I don't I don't think there's a way to permanently upgrade, although I haven't spent that much time with the game. Uh but each and every level you have to sort of collect little little bits that extend the the reach of your cord and that's really part of the mechanic because you're supposed to then kind of like revisit parts of the level once you get your cord longer and and then you can reach that high platform or trigger that certain switch or whatever it is. Uh, and that's kind of, to my knowledge, how you're supposed to go through the game. But, uh, yeah, it's just, it just kind of takes the fun out. It's just not, I don't enjoy that. You know, I don't, I don't enjoy going through the level and like swinging my power cord and being like, Oh, not close enough. And then I go collect a couple things. And it's like, Oh, not close enough. And then I go collect a little bit more. Yay. I finally got it. And now I try the next thing. Ah, not long enough, you know? And, um, honestly, even the, the mechanic to target with the power cord is not quite ideal. Like it's not as easy to line up your shots as it, as it probably should be given the frequency that you have to do it. So you do get like a, a almost like a laser sight kind of, don't you? Yeah, and that never goes away. Correct. No, no, that's all default. But um, I found that like there's you can control that aiming in either you have like a fast or a slow version, right? I forget what button it is, but um, basically you can either have that laser kind of swing up very quickly or or go very slowly and. The purpose is supposed to be like, oh, I need to shoot at something 90 degrees above my head, so I want to move up very quickly. But then maybe once I get there, I want to fine-tune it with the slow version. But even with that, I just I just find it's, uh, it's still not easy enough to quickly line up your shots in a very fluid nature. And so that's, that's where that kind of loses me. Um, a lot of people also griped a ton about the biggest complaint of this game, I think, which is that you can't just proceed through the levels in in order, <laughs> and you can't just revisit levels. That you got to you... roulette it. Yeah, you got to roulette it. And oh, as yeah, everyone has said, so I won't spend much time on it, but I just don't see the point. I do not see the point of that. Like, uh, there's not even a, I can't even construct a scenario where it's like, yeah, but if you're this kind of a player, then it's fun and not frustrating. Like, it's just, it just seems completely bizarre that they included that. I don't, I don't, I don't see why. So it's called extending the length of the game. I guess so. (laughs) Yeah, that's all I can think of. But like, I'm the, you know, I'm like a completionist type and even if I'm having, if, if I'm struggling with the controls or whatever, like I wanted to go back to these levels because you, you like collect things in the levels and you know, there's, there's things you got to check off in each level. So I want to go back and replay them. And I think once you clear an entire like world, I think then you can go back and, and pick which level you want to and just go to it. But, so um, you don't need to do it. Yeah. More or less. Yeah. So anyway. So that's been my 
experience with that game. And I, you know, so Rodea is my Wii or Wii U game. Chibi Robo is my 3DS game. And I don't plan to move on to something else until I finish them. That's just kind of how I keep an eye on my backlog, you know, keep it manageable. But man, it's, uh, the motivation is low. Let's put it that way. So. Like it, when 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 do you hit that point where you just decide that it's time to move on? Have you do you ever do that, or you always just force your way through? That's the thing with with me. I uh, I almost never do that. Like all, the only thing I can think of is like Bit Trip Runner. Me and Bit Trip Runner just did not. Actually, it was that whole that whole pack right with like the six games, or whatever it was. The Bit. Also, oh, the saga. whole Bit Trip saga. Yeah. Yeah. I just, oh uh, man, and I was excited about that too. I tried them all, and so ultimately, what I did then is I ended up like I actually returned that game. Like I actually, wow. you know, it was too late to get like the full value, but I like traded it in. So that, but that's a very extreme scenario. Typically, I always push through, and the reason is because sometimes, you know, first of all, I always like to see the entirety of something before I like completely pass judgment on it because. Honestly, sometimes there are games where, you know, speaking for myself, if I, if I give up on them early on, I really don't see something that, that could have later on captured my attention. Or there's something where maybe I develop this appreciation for the story that overcomes the game mechanics. Or I figure out, oh, if I just, you know, if I kind of use this sort of rhythm when I'm when I'm hitting my buttons, then it, then it becomes easier, you know? So, so I do, I do like to push through and, you know, Amy's always, always saying like, you know, you don't have to keep playing, but, but I do have to keep playing. Amy. I do. <laughs> so anyway, yep. So that's Chibi Robo. Unless uh, you want me to say any more on that. Well, I'll move on. The only thing, I mean, I know I've talked about it on the show in the past, but the thing that I would just mention is the game feels like, so, it's weird. It feels, like, almost so linear, because there's only one way to really do everything. They want you to do it that way. Uh, the way right. that it's designed, like you were saying, about everything being the, the right length of your your plug cord yeah. and everything. Um, so that makes it kind of boring for me. And then at the same time, right. it wants you to backtrack and explore a little bit, but in the same level. You know, you, there's a thing in, in a single level you really take out except for maybe like the random objects like i remember giving a plane some potato chips you know and yeah okay that was fantastic but i had no connection to the character i you know i gave no care to collecting these artifacts and everything it just i mean it was really a game for me that i probably shouldn't have picked up because i'm not huge into the series i haven't really had a lot of experience into it but uh and then to take to take that aspect and then of course jazz it up with the roulette i mean it just it's like it didn't know what it wanted to be in some some yeah. respects and truthfully I, what i hear anyway and i'm kind of kicking myself for never actually playing it but the original chibi robo was kind of where chibi robo peaked <laughs> the, the the original the original game was apparently such a like a neat little package it had like this really cool story going on and and then they kind of moved out, and then they had the DS game where you grew a bunch of flowers, and I played a good chunk of that. They had Photo Finder, which I had never tried, and I think they're just kind of throwing stuff around. They're like, we have this little guy, let's just try this with him. I yeah. personally I personally didn't find the game to be super um, 
satis- satisfying. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, the, the levels just, like, there was, it didn't seem like they had a big flow to them. Yeah. Sure. I don't know if that means anything. Like, yeah, you yeah. find, you know, you'll find that cool little thing, like that piece of garbage that looks realistic and it's a neat thing to collect. But, uh. <laughs> like the game itself. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, there are people who like the game. I know for no, a I'm fact. Just... I know for a fact that bearded nerd uh, Dave actually oh. really enjoyed it. So would you like to enjoy That's it again? Cool. I'll give him a copy. <laughs> we should like uh, talk to him about it sometime. Like next time he's on. Yeah, I should be... like to hear the positives about it. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't think any of us really have a ton of positive things to say. About no. it. I think I think Chibi Robo himself and the universe he's in is pretty cute. And yes. like I, I find it appealing to look at, but I mean the the platforming itself in this specific game, I'm also not. I wasn't super impressed with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's okay. That's so Joe, feel free to move forward. I think. Yes. <laughs> okay. Last last game of what the else evening. do you want? What else do you want to crap on? I know, really. <laughs> uh, no, this game, this third game, I love this third game. This is an old game. This is a game I'm just replaying just for the hell of it. I don't know. Do we do we talk about games we're replaying on this podcast? I feel like we kind of don't, but... Well, yeah, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's, it's okay. what you're playing currently. As long as exactly. you don't replay it every year and talk about it every year, I think we'll right. be okay. So, just on a whim, uh, the other night I found, you know, it was one of those things where, like, I, I got all my to-do list done and I had, like, 45 unaccounted for minutes. And I panicked because I was like, "What am I? What should I do?" And of course, the answer was Ninja Turtles three on the NES. Nice. So yes. <laughs> so um, yeah. Just I don't know. I've been staring at it kind of like on my shelf, and I for you know three years being like, I should I should replay that sometime. Um, so I just popped it in. I was replaying it. Uh, uh, for anyone who's unaware, this is uh the Manhattan Project. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, The Manhattan Project for NES, and it was a game that is a side-scrolling beat-em-up in the style of TMNT 2, the arcade game. Uh, and it's, I mean, there's really not much that you need to explain. I mean, it's it's Ninja Turtles and you walk around and you beat up characters from the show, characters that were just toys, characters that they made up for the game and it is just goofy fun and it's not i mean it's a nintendo game so it's not all that sophisticated like turtles in time on super nintendo was like damn good in in terms of an arcade replication you know uh tmnt3 was never in the arcades but it's 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 going for that feel and it just you know just doesn't have the the horsepower to really achieve it but um but it's still fun it's a really really good game and and for a game that is not an arcade port i think they deserve a lot of credit for you know some of the creativity and things like that um so uh it sounds like paul has played this game who me you... oh yes i love it i love oh, all the well Mystery 3 is great yes <laughs> are you it's neat you're... and because you had to mentally exclude the first game from what you were about to say. Truth, how they all, truth right? be told, I have a very, like, nostalgia is a strong thing with me. <laughs> so I do enjoy the first game up until I get yeah. into the Technodrome and then it just becomes garbage. Right. Right. But anyway, I can, ma- I can legitimately make it to the, like, into the Technodrome every time I play that game 
but Just then me. I'm then I'm screwed. But Ninja uh, Turtles 3, I'm very impressed with because, A, you mentioned uh, it's not a port of the arcade game, but it's it right. takes what happened in Ninja Turtles 2. Like, it took that idea and and moved it forward. It, it gave yeah. each one of the turtles a special move, and mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's a fun fun game to play, especially two players. Oh, yeah. Okay, so uh, when eventually you and I are in the same room, we're mm-hmm. just going to... Whatever anyone else is doing, that's that's their call. But you and I are just gonna go through like Chibi Robo two, three and four. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, no. Chibi Robo. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Turtles two, three, and four. We'll do that. Yes. That would be, awesome. that would be amazing. <laughs> okay. So, uh, Stephen, have you played this game? I may have dabbled in it, but it didn't come with any amiibos, so I guess <laughs> my copy did. No. Uh... <gasps> That would be maybe awesome. it was a, maybe it was just a live turtle. I guess I didn't really think that, that would be cool too. Um, no, I, I've I've maybe played it for a split second, but I was always uh, playing the first and second, and then after oh, that, okay. I kind of dropped off. Okay. Yep. But yeah, I mean, this the, was the towards the end. Great. I can give you that. Oh, the music is great. Yeah, this game I don't recall exactly, but it was definitely one of those uh, you know last glimmer of the NES mm. era, as far as I remember. Um, so the only things that I really wanted, that I really wanted to mention, and I guess it's it's basically just a thing. So, you know, I haven't played this game since, I mean, I can't even remember. Definitely the nineties, even though my admiration for it has never waned, but I just haven't actually put it in the system and and turned on the power, you know, in 20 years, whatever it's been. Um, but so I didn't, <laughs> I didn't realize. So, you know, in all these beat em ups, it's always kind of weird how, you know, they're walking, right? That's, that's your mode of transportation most of the time. You're just walking from here to there. And in something like Final Fight, you know, you're like, you start in this part of the city and then you walk to maybe like a subway and then you walk through the subway and then you come out of the subway and then maybe you walk through like a bar or something. And Actually, walk- the subway goes to, uh, wrestling ring. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. An underground wrestling ring. And then, right. So you kind of progress like that. But, uh, and, and in the other Turtles games, like, well, Turtles in Time, you go through all three times. So that's, that's different. But like the first Turtles game, you, yeah, you go through the streets and then you go through the sewers and you go through the streets and whatever it is. So this game, the, the plot, you open on the Turtles are enjoying some vacation time in Florida. And you see them on the beach. And then they find out via April O'Neil's informative news report that uh, Shredder has, you know, lifted the island of Manhattan out of the ground, up into the sky. And he's holding the entire, uh, the entire city along with April O'Neil hostage. And so, of course, the turtles are like, we must go save them. And then... They just start walking down the beach in Florida. <laughs> like the first level <laughs> is them walking on the beach. And there's foot soldiers and stuff there. Like what? <laughs> like <laughs> like did 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 the bad guys know that they were in Florida? Or is the whole country overrun? At the, this time, the Foot Clan were vacationing. It's just it was a cut scene that was left out, <laughs> right? So then it's like a couple's cruise for the Foot Clan, you know. 
So you fight your way towards the end of this beach, towards the pier, and then they get on a surfboard for level two, presumably <laughs> to surf their way up, up the east coast. <laughs> However many, you know, thousand plus miles <laughs> to get back to Manhattan. <laughs> Like, it's just like, I was playing it, and so, you know, okay, so, level three, they happen upon a Foot Clan submarine in the middle of the ocean that they then take all the way back to Manhattan. But they didn't know that submarine <laughs> was there, you know? They had planned to just surf there. <laughs> they were just going <laughs> to surf, you know, this... Three month voyage back to Manhattan. Everyone's dead by then. It's just, oh man. Uh, once, you know, it's just the kind of thing. Once, so, so many games, once you start applying your adult brain to them, it just, you know, they just become kind of lame. But this one just became hilariously awesome. So, anyway. Uh, so that was, I actually only got about, maybe halfway through the game and then I got sleepy and I ran out of my 45 minutes. I had to go to bed. So, so that was it. But I basically just wanted to recount that. And also, so Paul, if you played this game extensively, let me ask you this. Does your experience almost immediately devolve into the down attack exclusively? Well, I mean, I haven't played it in uh, since before the year 2000. Okay. I mean, since after the year 2000. But uh, a friend of mine, I had Ninja Turtles 2, and I never owned Ninja Turtles 3, but he ended up getting it. And I was like, oh, well, that's not the real one. Ninja Turtles 2 is the arcade game. This one's... Because, uh-huh. you know, I was a kid, and I was jealous. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but uh, what what is the down attack again? I, I, I know that okay. uh, you have... Like, Raphael has a spin attack, and that kills some of your energy when you use it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, what down yeah, so they, so they all have they all have their special attack, and it yeah. if you what's nice is if you use it, and you don't hit anything. It doesn't you don't lose energy, but if you do make contact, yeah, you, you lose energy. That's right. They're very, yeah, yeah. They're very powerful, and it's it's a cool mechanic. And like you mentioned, they're all each one is unique, and they're all pretty darn useful. Um, Michelangelo's is just okay, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. So other than that, though. Your, your typical attacks, you press B to swing your weapon, but if you hold down in B, you kind of do this sort of upward thrust with your weapon, and if you do that, it will, if it, if it connects with like a low-level enemy, like a foot soldier, it flips them over your head and kills them Oh, instantly. that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I can yeah. picture Donatello doing it. Right yeah. But <laughs> yeah even if, basically, you're doing that the whole time. Yeah. So, because yeah. even if you don't, even if it's not the kind of enemy you can flip over your head, it's still double damage mm-hmm. for really no more effort. And and the thing is, it's kind of it's kind of disappointing because the normal attack has this nice for the NES sort of fluid animation of you know swinging your weapon, but then this down attack, the animation is like this awkward pelvic thrusting, you know. And yeah, and so, then you have like a stiff foot soldier kind of going up over your head and (laughs) (laughs) yes yes i can see it yeah so you kind of end up spending the whole game doing this like (laughs) and from a from like a 
from like a fiction standpoint, I don't want to play that way. <laughs> I know you takes... you want to yeah, you want it to look like they're going, they're battling. They're, you yeah. Know, you want like to, even in Mario World, I like you know the end when he goes to fight Bowser. I always make Mario look up. And then when Bowser comes out of the clown car, I make him uh, yeah. spin. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I like to get into it that way too. Um, yeah. But to be fair, Joe, I believe doing that uh, opens you up a little bit to being attacked, doesn't it? The down thing? Yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe. <laughs> I mean, if if one is like four frames of movement, the other's five or six. I mean, it's not. It's 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 not much difference if there is one. That's for sure. So. Anyway, that's my Turtles 3 experience. It is an awesome game. Play it. Someday. Yes. Yeah, right. After you finish Chibi Robo Zip Flash. <laughs> Alright, so, moving on. What about you, Steve Arino? I haven't been called that in a long time. That's the that's the male version. There's Steve Arena, which is if you that's the female <laughs> version. You gotta evolve it from Steve. And you have your own, and you have your own uh, Pokedex entry. So yes. The only male female, I believe. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> After enough podcasts I involve into Steve O'King. Oh yes. Awesome. Nice. Well played. Uh, anyway. Stuck, stuck the landing of that of that humorous run. Well, this this is a good segue into what I've been playing. So, you know, I went and visited Joe, as we know, and we played I some Pokemon you. Go. And I've been playing Pokemon Go in general. And I've been playing some Pokemon Yellow, which, you know, I talked about before. I finished that game. And uh, girlfriend's been into Pokemon. You know, Pokemon, Pokemon, Pokemon. Everything's Pokemon. <laughs> I've, I've, you know, I've been shitting on Pokemon this year about how disappointed I am with how the series is turning and everything, and yep. just it's boring. Well, somehow I got hooked back in. Okay, so now I'm doing a living. Just when decks. you thought you were out, for the hell, it's, you know, it's funny. I, I, this is one of my favorite stories of the year. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was listening to to uh, the podcast when when Pokemon Go first became a thing, and like uh, about a week ago and, and Steven just talking about how much he just didn't want to play it. He had no interest, <laughs> but then I, you know, eventually it changed. That's great. And Keep going. Evolved, yeah. Yes, you did. Um, so it was a starter Stevie and now I'm, you know, mid range, but, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm attempting the living decks because I realized I had all these damn games, right. And they all do connect with enough effort. So why the hell not try? We got the new one coming in, in November. I don't know if I can complete mine before then and then, you know, to add to it. But I figure, what the hell, why not? I, I'm kind of hyped back in. I think the new Pokemon Sun and Moon look actually pretty cool. And so I figure, what the hell, Omega Ruby is a great addition that has a lot of the Pokemon I would need. So I might as well just start doing this. And so pretty much that's, that's one of the ways I've filled my time in the past month since the last podcast. And I started by just taking my old copies of my games, consolidating them a bit, and uh, and Joe, actually, did I start this shortly before or after the last show? I feel like we talked about this, but maybe before, it was just, I think. Yeah, maybe it was slightly before. I remember you and I talking slightly about slightly before the whole um, the whole thing with transferring uh, Pokemon from certain editions, and you have to do the Super Mini Game and all that. So I'm I'm through all that, mm-hmm. and I've got all the Pokemon I need from all my copies, except for Pokemon Yellow, uh, which is coming down the line. But I have them all on my Pokemon Bank. And uh, 
I'm doing okay so far. And, uh, you know, I guess I'll shoot my uh, my stats because, you know, I'm a stats guy, right? So yep. uh, it's going to bore the shit out of everybody. But here's how it breaks down because I've got this awesome spreadsheet that I semi-borrowed and then made way better uh, from the Internet. Uh, right now I have 389 Pokemon in my decks, and there's 721 in the series right now. Uh, it, it's calculating 722 because I already have a spot ready for the Alola Pokemon, but it's, um, it's a minor... Uh, error percentage, but I've, so that means I've got 53.9% of my decks complete, and I've got a calculating that total remaining in... Oh, yeah, okay. So I have 159 left that I can actually get an Omega Ruby in some form or fashion, which is still quite a bit, so I'm still kind of making that my main one. I'm going to get as much as I can out of that, and then move on, maybe going back to, like, Pokemon X or something, and try to mine that a little bit. Uh... Of course, utilizing you for for a little help, as you've already helped me out with some Pokemon. But uh-huh. uh, as far as the Kanto, like each region, Kanto, I'm 46.4% through. Johto, 51.9. Hoenn, which is the one that Omega Ruby actually takes place in, is 80%. So I'm, nice. I'm getting you know close there. I actually just filled my first actual full box. Because you know, mm-hmm. I've got it organized the way that you suggested with uh, each mm-hmm. 30 Pokemon and everything in, in chronological order. And it was, uh, I think the, uh, which one? I think it was the Lombre through Skiddy box, uh, which is like the second, or actually it's the first full box of the Hoenn region. Uh, Sinnoh, I've got 44.9%. Unova, uh, 53.8%. And then Kalos is 15.3%. Which one I go back to, uh, you know, X, that should actually take care of a lot of that. Uh-huh. But the downside is I had all these Pokemon sitting on these games, but I never before now actually tried to catch them all or catch a lot of them. I always just picked the ones I want, battled through, got to the end credits, and was done. Uh-huh. So there's a lot of untapped potential here. And since I did transfer everything good, I worry about how easy it's going to be to actually go around and hunt them. Because right now I've got my couple of like level 100 Pokemon that I legitimately leveled up to that point. Right. And, um, and so they make it really easy to beat anyone I need to, because uh, I've been doing runs to the the, uh, the Elite Four to get certain people who are really far from the level they need to evolve to kind of whip them into shape really quick. And um, does Pokemon X have a function like Omega Ruby does where you can go back and battle people just on the street? Because um, that's, that's essential. Wait. Uh, what do you mean by battle? Them? You mean like a battle, like you know, the, people, the, just the trainers? trainers. Yeah, I, so, I, I think that's when it was introduced. Okay, I'm pretty sure that would help because I find you know I don't want to sit through the the elite four because it's five straight battles of six Pokemon each, and even though I've got a team of three technically, although four makes it easier, of just really high level, nearly 100 level Pokemon that I can just whip. You know, I know exactly the move to do to beat that Pokemon in one hit. Of course, half of them got frickin' sturdy for a, uh, um, you know, uh, whatever the special secret move thing's called or whatever. But, um, so, it, you know, they can't actually be taken out in one hit, and it's just it's just tedious. So it's nice that if I only got to move someone up, like, five to ten levels, I just fly to a route, battle one or two trainers, and I'm there, you know? I'm pretty sure X and Y have it. Okay. It, it does seem like, in my head, it was more familiar than just this particular set of games. But, uh, yeah, but no, it's been pretty fun. Uh, 
the fact that there's a spreadsheet involved actually makes me pretty happy. It makes it a little more enjoyable, I think, as funny as that sounds. You're nerd. a spreadsheet master. Yeah. Um, you AKA know, nerd. I forget. But Did I show it does help, because looking, looking at your spreadsheet, that would be... I mean, I really wish I had something like that when I was doing it. I just had a Word document with, like, all 700 or whatever it was at the time. Yeah. And I would just delete them as I as I got them. Well, luckily, like I said, I, I found I, I Googled it and I found this basic form that had some basic calculations. And then what I added to it was uh, I made sure that I had calculations for each box. So I can look at any any box that I want and find out how full it is. Which is, uh, oh shit, I used to be able to. Uh, it looks like I accidentally deleted that functionality. Son of a bitch. Oh well, um, it's because I changed some structure <laughs> recently. Anyway, I'll put that back in. And that's that's good because if I ever find myself missing something, uh, I guess based on that check, I can, I can verify or, or maybe it's becoming less important now that I'm really filling in the blanks. Before, when I had only like two in a box, I, it was important because I didn't want to have three checked off in my list, but only actually have two in the box. And now it's, it's not so big of a deal, but, uh, um, I've got them, you know, checking the, the system checks, how many, uh, I've, I've got in Omega still and how many aren't there because obviously that's my core game and it's color coded for yes and no's. And I, you know, I sent a link, Paul, you can check it out if you want to see it, but, uh, it's pretty fun. I like it and I'm looking forward to the next one, but, um, heck yeah. I don't really have any complaints uh, or anything to criticize about the experience. It's been pretty good overall. It's not something I would suggest people do before they've beaten a game. It kind of helps a lot to be past, you know, every yeah. story portion and everything. Especially when you're collecting legendaries, which Pokemon Omega has quite a few of. Yeah, it really yeah. does. <laughs> yeah, the main thing I'm going to need help with is, and I guess I could use that, that online system, but I'm kind of relying on Joe right now just to keep it uh, more local, but uh, is anything that's on the the exclusives to, like, Y, which I, I never had Y, I only had X, or any exclusives in white too or black, because I didn't, you know, just the version I didn't have. So, mm-hmm. and in this case, you know, Alpha Sapphire, there's, like, a couple Pokemon that I just can't get without trading. So, old school, you know. I have um, access it- to all of those games. Yeah. Well, then you should help well, me, too. I'm pretty lucky because uh, <laughs> basically when, I mean, sort of lucky, whenever a new Pokemon game comes out, uh, we always buy both versions because uh, oh, my, my wife my wife will play the one and I'll play the other. And we, Nerd. It's, no, it's pretty it's pretty fun, actually. Yeah. Oh, that's got to be the coolest. Yeah, it's pretty great. Even Erica has shown some interest, so I'm hoping maybe she'll be interested in picking up like Pokemon Moon this fall. Excellent. Yeah. But, uh, I she, believe... Go no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say she's she's a bit more inconsistent though with games. Like she she bounces around games more, whatever catches her fancy at the time. So I don't know if she would play alongside with me for too long before I'd pull ahead and then, you know, mm-hmm. she'd be like a chore for her to to come help me out. Mm-hmm. But Animal Crossing, she and I kept that up together for years. So that was uh, that was a delight. Sweet. But yeah, so a lot of fun here. Uh, really enjoying myself. You know, I play a little bit, usually on my commute, um, and even if it's a little bit, but I can usually get, like, at least one new Pokemon a day, if not more. And a lot of them, like, I've just got so... Actually, the biggest problem with the whole thing is just having enough freaking evolutionary stones. 
That's a pain in the butt because the yeah. real only way to get them in Omega after maybe the one you might find in the game is to play that stupid super training stuff, which is fun for a minute, but it just it's not fun to mine that. And then the ones that the, the challenges that have the better stones or the rarer stones oftentimes will give you just non stone awards as well, so you can't even play it and consistently get what you need. Mm-hmm. <sighs> but um my biggest challenge so far was probably getting the uh is it Azumarill or something like that? Azumarill. Azumarill, yeah. yeah, because I kept breeding the Merrills without realizing I needed a sea incense. So I was like, what the hell's happening? And that's my exciting life. So <laughs> uh we can move on from that then. Um I don't want to spend too much time on that. Or or really even what else I got to say. But the other thing that happened was I picked up an Xbox One S, and it wasn't the smartest financial decision, but it was uh, still a delight, and um, the main thing that I started playing on it was Banjo-Kazooie, <laughs> <laughs> because of uh, Rare Replay, so um, so I, I ended up playing that the first weekend I had it, and I beat you know, Banjo-Kazooie 100%, and <coughs> I should have worked out my time. It was... Essentially, somewhere between seven and eight hours, I think. It might have creeped over eight eventually with the final, final thing. But the game's clock stops when you beat the Grunty's Furnace Fun and rescue uh, Tootie. But it doesn't actually continue, even though there is a final boss battle after that. But um, what helped spike that a little bit was uh, after I was playing for a few moments, I realized that there's online leaderboards, you know, because it's an Xbox. And I saw that Shadow Link had his own record on there, so I went to shatter it because I knew I yep. knew I, I could do pretty well. Now I didn't do every level; I didn't beat him in every level, but I did uh, have a considerably good time. And but I, I know that game like the back of my hand. I mean that thing; it's it's muscle memory. That and Super Mario World for me are muscle memory. It's two good games to know very well. But mm-hmm. uh, so I've jumped now into Banjo Tooie, which I've been playing a little bit slower because I just haven't had time to sit down, you know, at the at the TV. Um, Banjo Two, I'm not loving nearly as much as I used to think I did, and I think I'm just, you know, as a guy who has a lot less time to play video games in the world uh, now, and uh, the kind of struggles I guess with how intricate it really is. I don't have the patience for it, so I'm finding it to be not as enjoyable. But really, I do appreciate all the all the different uh, improvements it did make amongst the first one. I think my love of the first one also hinders my love for the second, to be honest. Does that for me, for sure. Yeah, I mean, why does everything, every Jiggy has like 10 steps to it, and half of them are based on another stage, which is cool once in a while, but it just feels like, it's a shame that I can't go into a stage and and fully beat it before I leave, or get damn close. I mean, many levels I would get all the moves and then move on, because that's a, a tactic, you know? Rare wanted to go, well, you know, we're going to go big and we're going to create a, a living world. And then, you know, we're going to make, we're going to show that all these worlds are connected. Like yeah. they really show it. And, and they did that. But for me, it just was overwhelming. Mm-hmm. It was too much for me. I mean, I, I still 100% of the game because, you know, that's what I did, but. I, I didn't like it nearly as much as the first, and I love the first one. I'm pretty sure I have 100% advantage of Tui, but I'm going to do it again just to make sure, for good measure. 
And, uh, but it is, yeah, I mean, it is so big that it's both something you can appreciate, but also detest a little bit. <laughs> can, can, can I throw in a, a little story about Banjo-Kazooie sure. really quickly? Just for those people out there, I don't, I'm pretty sure they probably never even fixed this, but if you're able to land that final hit on Grunty at the end of Banjo-Kazooie, but get killed at the same time, the game is going to register that you beat the game. And you will not see the ending cutscene. Mm. The first time I ever beat Banjo Kazooie, I died after I hit Grunty the last time. And then the next time I loaded up my save, Grunty was under the rock, and I didn't see any of the ending. I had to play through the game again. It's like they were alive and it happened when the game was off. Whoa. It was horrifying! But uh, <laughs> it was also a good game, but it was very frustrating. Mm. So yeah, if you die at the same time, you will not be uh, bequeathed with the uh, the ending cutscene, hmm. and you'll have to play the game over from the beginning. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, didn't I have that issue myself? But man, oh, Magic Sword was uh, was such a delight. I mean, Erica was watching me play through the whole thing. It was almost like she was enjoying a let's play, but live. You know, she's just sitting on the couch doing other stuff and. Uh, so it was, it was really a really fun weekend or like three nights. I don't remember if they were consecutive, but Banjo Tooie's been a bit you know slower going, but it's still been fun. I so the later levels I don't really recall as much. I'm about to go into Cauldron Keep. I don't even remember what the hell that looks like, so I'm excited to kind of dive back into that. Um, I uh, finally kicked Canary Mary's ass for the fourth and final time, which required a little bit of googling because. Uh, I guess the the rare guys even admitted that they never really fixed the programming for that. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about with Canary Mary? Either of you? I really no. don't remember. So there's this bird woman, and it's hard to tell if it's a woman in a bird suit or just a weird-looking bird. But she uh, is locked in the mine, in the, which is the second stage of the game. You, you break her out of her cage, then she wants to race you on a... Uh, like a minecart thing, and if you race one way, you get a jiggy. If you race back, you get a pagey or a Cheeto page or whatever. Um, I think pages are coming in ukulele, but uh, and then she flies off to Cloud Cuckoo Land, where when you go to that level, you see her again, you race her again, and same thing happens. So as I'm trying to 100% this thing, I need every Cheeto page I can get, and uh, the thing what is, what are you even saying right now? Yeah, no, it's all gibberish. But the the thing that's annoying is they programmed her not to just go at a certain pace or whatever when you're on your path. And, you're, and really all you're doing is tapping X on the Xbox controller as fast as possible, as many times as possible to be faster than her. But she cheats. She blue shells you. You know, she rubber band AIs you. And she will, uh, if, you're, if you're always ahead of her, she'll definitely plow, plow fa- uh, past you at the end. So... Uh, it's really hard to to hit the damn button as hard and as fast as you need to. Like I'm just not built for that. My cousin always kicked my ass in Mario Party because he was just, you know, so good at just mashing the A button or the B button or whatever you had to do. But I'm just not that kind of gamer. And uh, I did finally succeed though, and man, that felt so good. I might have screamed like a like a primal yell throughout the house. I think when that happened. But uh, so without that, which is many people say is like the hardest challenge in the game, as funny enough as that is, uh, I should be able to handle the rest. It's just you know, r- r- at this point, I'm going back to old levels and trying to remember what the hell I missed, because now I have so many moves and I, I probably can do what I need to do, but 
you know, did I do all five steps of that, or did I do only two, and do I have to go talk to the right person? So it is such a big game, it's uh, it's a lot harder to digest uh, at this age and point in my life. But uh, maybe next time on the next podcast, I'll be able to talk about Far Cry Primal, which I did buy as well, and I've played a little bit, but, you know, Benji Kazooie's been hooking me in, and uh, I think I'll finish Far Cry before I play, like, Viva Pinata, but I want to play that too, and there's just so much to do. Uh, and so little time to do it. Is Viva Pinata, like, both of those on there? Yes. Is the party game on there, too? I don't think so. I think it's Well, just... that's fine. It was pretty crappy. <laughs> but no, Viva Pinata. Yeah, get to that. It's a, it's a neat little game. Yeah, Erica was playing a little bit of it, uh, so I got to see it, but I haven't played it. But uh, that's really all I've been doing. All right, so let's uh, let's cut it off here. Um, we've had quite an extensive uh, now playing, and uh, when we come back, we'll jump into just some light light chatting. Uh, we're kind of getting back into this whole podcasting thing, so uh, I've got a couple of things to mention. time we have left we're going to just turn the rest of the show over to the what do you think kind of style of uh, programming so we've got a couple of uh, key things I think we should mention one of them is sort of plugging my own uh, event but right now I'm holding another kind of March Madness style bracket uh, for the website to vote on and it's a familiar material it is Super Smash Brothers as a franchise but last time we took a look at the best stage of the whole series, and this time around we're actually looking at the best character, which of course is not necessarily about best fighting ability or um, what your best skill level is with this uh, character, but it's more or less just overall who are your favorites and who is the favorite. So I want to thank Joe and Paul both for participating as much as they have been in this, because uh, really the amount of votes we get is kind of an important factor that uh, I think people underestimate and you know i don't expect everyone to be able to vote in every round because they do kind of happen quickly but it's uh it's nice to see people you know who seem to try to dedicate themselves to vote every three days in each round so thanks guys you're no welcome. problem steven so i uh pretty much had two <laughs> what else i gonna say to that i don't know i don't know uh, i have two main questions to to put to each of you so i guess let's start with paul let's ask what do you think um, who do you want to win, and who do you think is going to win? Spoilers! You really want to hear my spoiler, who I really want to win? Why would that be a spoiler? <clears throat> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm not, truth be told, I don't know who I want to win ultimately, but I do know that since 1999, my number one player has been Pikachu. Okay. Pikachu! Um, who so far is doing all right. He is doing all right. I don't think he's going to make it. Um, there are people who just aren't big into the Pokemon. There are, you know, other heavy hitters out there. You know, a lot of people, when they hear Smash Brothers, they kind of connect Captain Falcon to Smash Brothers. And for some reason, I'm not a big fan of Captain Falcon. I, 
I play a lot of online to this day because Smash Brothers, of course, is my all-time favorite game. Um, and there's something about aggressive Captain Falcons that just really soured Captain Falcon on me. Hmm. So I will always vote against Captain Falcon now. Interesting. That's my story. <laughs> One of my many stories. Um, but yeah, now you know what? If Pikachu could make it all the way, I would be very pleased. But I mean, there's a, a good cast of characters that I really enjoy in this game. That I wouldn't be hurt if they made it all the way. One of them being Mr. Game & Watch, which is definitely not going to make it all the way. <laughs> well, so I, I let me say this, because I'll give you and everyone else a little bit of a taste of the uh, behind the scenes. Because the way that we do this is I don't necessarily in the next in the very next round announce who won the last one. So I like to leave it a little bit in the dark and tally up the scores and then kind of introduce the new players with the next actual round of voting for them. So I think it adds an element of surprise as opposed to Okay, well, we all just saw everyone answer, so what would it turn out to be? Who had the most, you know? Um, Pikachu did beat Charizard, so Pikachu's making its way. And uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, Pikachu, Captain Falcon beat out Mario. I know. And as uh... far and what you don't know yet, though, is if it beat out Ice Climbers, if he beat out Ice Climbers. And, spoiler alert, he did. So... Uh, he will be moving on into into his next round, which is Cap- Captain Falcons against the Ice Climbers. Yeah, uh, yeah, he was. I thought it was something else was against it because I voted for the Ice Climbers for something. Yeah, first Ice Climbers was against Bowser Junior. Oh no, when I voted Bowser Junior for sure, because yeah. he's one of my faves. Yeah, so um, <clears throat> that didn't stop uh, Ice Climbers, unfortunately, and then Ice Climbers went up against. Oh Captain yeah, Falcon. that's right. I actually voted Ice Climbers over Captain Falcon because I hate Captain Falcon. So yeah, much. and I hate Ice Climbers, so I, I was know. psyched to see how that worked out. <laughs> and it was close; it was nine to seven, so not too many, uh, not not too far apart. But um, but uh, yeah, so Captain Falcon uh, is definitely moving on. Uh, we'll see where that all goes. But you make a good point, though. Uh, he is kind of one of the definitive faces of. Smash Brothers. Oh, for sure, yeah. But I think Pikachu is too, honestly. I do, but I, I also feel that you know F Zero is so few and far between that Captain Falcon himself is more of a Smash character than than an F Zero character. Right. Many would argue that. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So, uh, Joe, then you know, same questions to you. Who do you want to win and take it all, and who do you think will? Uh probably Sheik. This way I want uh, yeah. Hmm. What? Um. Yeah, I, I don't know. I like Sheik. Well, you and Paul are going to be at odds because another spoiler alert: Sheik and Game and Watch were actually up against each other uh, in the uh-oh. last round, if you guys don't recall. And uh, Mr. Game and Watch is moving forward. Yes. In a ten to six vote. All right. I love Game can't, Watch. Can't believe that. But Joe, see, I voted for Game and Watch in that round, so I'm I'm one of your enemies. But you tend to vote against me a lot too, so I guess we. Yeah, I've kind of noticed that. It's kind of weird. It's it's frustrating me, <laughs> but uh, that I don't have that kind of extra power there. But uh, but hey, that's fine. You and I both voted for King DDD though, so. Oh yeah. That worked out. Well, that's. I would also I'd... like that to happen, but it's never going to happen. I voted for him as well. Yeah, and actually, um, because of the way that the voting happened, that was the only tie we had yesterday when the voting ended. And so uh, I had to do a tiebreaker event between Ike and King Dedede, and I won't tell you what happened, because you'll find out in a couple of days. I see. But one of them is moving on. Stupid. And, the one, and what I did is I, I'll probably write this up too, but I uh, 
I opened up my Smash Brothers uh, Wii U, and I set them both to nine, one on one. Omega, I think it was Woohoo Island, but the Omega version, so no distractions, no items, and just gave them uh, three minutes, and whoever won moved forward. Oh wow! So you, you didn't use your uh, your crazy trained amiibo? No, because. I have so many amiibo that they're all probably all but like three are probably like idiot level zeros. Ah, so, uh, yeah, I'm the same way. <laughs> um, I thought about that'd be kind of cool to do, but just yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't be as fair as honestly just letting the computer to do it. And it was an interesting match to watch, I'll tell you, because Ike is rather quick and very powerful, but King Dedede, who has a lot of power, is very slow. And um, so yeah, it was it was pretty fun actually. It was a good way to enjoy my breakfast this morning. I did. I, I saved the recording, so I'll probably upload it to YouTube if I get a chance uh, for when I, you know, present the next round of voting, so you guys can see what happened, as opposed to just me saying, "Oh well, I picked this one." You know. Somehow, if you can make it so that we like we can watch it with before we see the result. Hmm. Like if you can just post it above it or something. I could do that. That'd be yeah. cool. Or you know, you know what I could I could always do that and then um just spoiler text the actual result. To make sure you don't see yeah. it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that'd be great. Um, what I was thinking of doing, this is really making for a long what do you think part, but uh, I was curious, you know, because I used the random generator online to determine the actual order list of all the characters. So the fact that Squirtle and Cloud went up against each other was completely random. Uh, the fact that we had a few weird pairings Pikachu and Charizard, two Pokemon characters, those were from the start. Uh, we had. Uh, where's the other weird one? I can't find it. Oh, Meta Knight and King DDD. Yeah. You know, so Kirby. Like, it's weird. We had these kind of pairings, but I swear to God, it was just completely a random list. And, um, so I was thinking of actually having, I get, well, I guess I can't do it entirely because not all characters are in the Wii U or 3DS version, but for what I could do, try to have actual, do the exact thing I did where I had the three minute match and yada yada, record those and actually track out another bracket just to see who would have ended up that way and see how much it matches ours. What? Yeah, yeah what characters wouldn't you be able to do? You have Young Link, Wolf, and uh, Squirtle. the Ice Climbers. Squirtle, oh, and Squirtle, Ivysaur. And Ivysaur. Yeah. yeah. But really, that's about it. Um, and Sandbag. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm rooting against Sandbag. That's all I'm going to say about that. Sandbag, Sandbag. Sandbag did lose. So. Yeah. That's a good uh, against me fighter, which was actually not a not a hard matchup, uh, despite um, people's dislike of we uh, of me fighter. Yeah, not crazy about me fighter either. So, um, so you both have voted uh, in the latest bracket, and um, looking at it, I'm generally pleased with it. Um, the biggest sh- non shocker is that Duck Hunt beat out or is currently beating out me uh, me fighter. Mm-hmm. That. Th- for how many votes we get, that is impossible pretty much to, to beat at this point. But everything else is pretty much fair game. There's like, at most, maybe three or four votes away. And we well, only have about half the votes. Truth be told, now that I'm looking at it, the biggest non-shocker is Plute beat out uh, Dr. Angustine. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Yeah. yeah, no problem. That's a vote of one, by the way. Well, I'll take it's 100% though. <laughs> Anyway, so wait, so Joe, did, it, did you get to answer your question the, the whole way? I'm sorry. Oh, as far as uh, who who so I you, think will win? Yeah, so you want Sheik. You would like Sheik. I would like Sheik. Ideally. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't even, but let's who see. Do you, who do you think will win? Who do I think will win? Because there's so much beloved, 
you know, character action going on here, especially as it whittles down. Mm. Mm. Mega Man. You think so? I don't know. Yeah, sure. You know what? <laughs> I think it might be Link. Yeah, oh, that's, that's my answer for what Link I think. Link wins every like Nintendo-related exactly, thing. That's exactly why I think it's going to be Link. Yeah, you're right. It's a fair point. Yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. But I, I do have a suspicion it might be Link who wins this in the end. Uh, I would like to see Villager take it all, frankly. But I know that's not plausible. I would be, I would be very good with that. Yeah, he's doing okay right now against Bowser. If you do the, if you do the math, but, uh, but so I don't think he's got the same. I think people don't understand him enough. That's too bad because he's great. I mean, it is that was actually a tough one for me because I really love Bowser, but. Am I still here? Yeah. Yes. Oh. <laughs> All of a sudden, it got very quiet. Oh, he loves Bowser. <laughs> but, I mean, Villager's just such a neat character that I couldn't not vote for it. Yeah. But it was no problem for you to vote Bowser or Pichu, I'm sure. <laughs> Poor Pichu. Yeah. What is... Oh, yeah, that's right. Pichu is also a character that you couldn't use. I'll just, um, I'll just put it against, like, uh, a Pikachu with, like, a small mushroom or something. Aw, Pichu, what a stupid character. Yeah. It's cute, so. though. It's cute. <laughs> so let's move on then from this. Let's move on yeah. to uh, the fact that the Nintendo NX is still set, as far as we know, for an early March release date. It is now the last day of September, as we record this. So, you know, we've got essentially less than six months before this thing hits, when we know nothing about it. Yep. So the, the, the question is, there is an Amiibo release date leak in Europe mm-hmm. um, relating to the Zelda Amiibo that are supposed to release alongside Breath of the Wild. And that, of course, coincides with the uh, Nintendo um, uh, NX. Mm-hmm. And, um, okay, commenting that is just going to throw me off. Uh, we have one more day left, whatever, so shut up. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a twenty. It's uh, it's two hours. Twenty nine. It's two hours till midnight. Give me a break. Sure Jeez. Okay. <laughs> Just gonna, being a goof. I'm gonna leave this in. Um, <laughs> so point is, point is, okay. I'm taking too long to to ask this question. So the amiibo is is kind of making us think that hey, this really could release in early March. So do you guys think that's plausible? I that, do. You really do. I, I, I was one of the people who, uh, when we talked about it earlier, I was like, this thing's going to be delayed till like next Christmas, like next mm-hmm. Christmas. But mm-hmm. as soon as I saw that leak and I actually went to the page, cause it, it actually leaked from Reddit of all things. Mm. Um, I went to the actual page, Nintendo of France, I believe it was. Um, and I saw it like they had the, like, I know there's there are placeholder dates that they generally put up, but March fourth being a placeholder date is kind of suspect. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've never seen Amiibo released super far away from you know the software that they're connected to. Right. And and I'm really sticking to the idea that Nintendo really wants to uh, release Breath of the Wild initially on the NX, just like they did with um um. Twilight Princess with the Wii. Mm-hmm. So I have a feeling. I have a pretty good feeling that it's going to happen. Joe? Uh, yeah, I agree. And for the reasons that, that he said, I think it's it's very strange that we haven't 
heard anything yet. I mean, it's just weird. It's just it's a weird feeling. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm presuming it's all just some sort of strategy to sell as much as possible this Christmas, you know? And oh, yeah. Sell right, the whole yeah. thing. Especially yep. if this actually is some sort of hybrid console, you're really going to eat into every possible sale for everything you currently have out there because yep. of the potential of the, of the new one. So I, I, th- I, too, am in the plausible camp because I think that them being quiet has nothing to do with how prepared they are. I think that as a, as the Nintendo Directs began, they started controlling their message way more and weren't relying on certain artificial dates that are generated by the by the uh, industry as a whole, like E3 and things like that, for them to hit. So I think that this is just honestly a waiting game. I think it's them probably playing their cards close to the chest to prevent some sort of vague stealing of an idea, you know, like the PS Move kind of thing. Like they didn't, they don't want to incite the shift uh, for any reason or, or give, give any mm. ideas until they're ready to go. And um, and I think they also know that it doesn't pay to really announce things that far in advance. Now, I think we're getting to a point where it certainly is getting a bit too close. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think we're that far in advance anymore. <laughs> no, not anymore. Not anymore. I think they're going to start hurting themselves if they wait any longer. I think an October Nintendo Direct will be perfect uh, because they've already given us a lot of reasons to care about things and pre-order things for the fall. I don't think that at this point people will cancel their color splash pre-order or their interest in that game or, or Pokemon Center. Uh, you know, uh-oh. I don't know what that was about. But, uh, <laughs> Nothing. I'm looking forward to that game. You know color what? Looks good. I've yeah. seen, from what I've seen of the script, I'm actually pretty excited. I, I, I pre-ordered it uh, during E3 because uh, Amazon in Canada does a 20% off sale if you pre-order stuff during E3. Oh, gotcha. So I, I pre-ordered it. Just I was like, eh. I, I wasn't excited because I did not like Sticker Star very much. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I've seen some like screenshots of a couple of the, you know, just the the way that it was written, like the script itself, and it seems genuinely funny. So that's something that I'm looking forward to. So are you afraid of any spoilers with the game? I'm I'm not afraid of tons of spoilers, but I did see like a couple things that. Really didn't spoil March, really. Well, Why? Do you know something? Here's a, No, not exactly. But here's a challenge. Watch the video that they released called, like, The Adventure Begins or something like that. It's a, it's a trailer, gameplay trailer, like a minute and a half long. Watch that and tell me that you're not hyped. And if you aren't hyped, watch the Game Explain video where they kind of answer a bunch of questions. Because one of those guys has a copy right now, and he's been doing a non-spoiler answer, question-answer session. Oh, 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 that actually reminds me. Just, just to, sorry to cut you off for a mm-hmm. second, but apparently the people who pre-installed the game were able to play the game early. Oh, maybe that's like, that. Like, n- Nintendo made a mistake, you know, and uh, basically offered the full game, like, digitally, mm-hmm. yeah, instead of just a pre-install version. A lot of people have played through it already. And people are saying some pretty good things about it. So well, that's the thing. So watch those two videos and tell me you're not hyped because that's that's what hooked me pretty much. Well, I'm he- holding on to my pre-order, so that's actually one of the few games that might even be the last Wii U game that I uh, that I get. You never know. Right? Well, here's the funny thing: while uh, the first segment of this podcast was happening, I canceled my pre-order. <laughs> oh, what? Okay. Uh, because I have a bunch of like Amazon, both well, Chase Bank money like you know cash back stuff that i've racked up over the years you can't use it on pre-orders but i'm gonna i want to buy it, the game with that money so the second it releases i can still get the 20 percent off and i can use that money so i can get it for free 
So I'm going to do it that way. So, so you're still getting it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just getting a good deal. Uh, I, I don't... And the, I have to get it within the two weeks because I want the discount, but I'm not sure I'm ready to play it yet. But I definitely want to get into it really quick. So I feel like i got to kind of make some room because it, it looks really cool. So that discount, is that like a prime thing? or? Yeah. 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 At least in the States. I'm not sure other regions, but in the, in the States... Prime users get 20% off all video games and even Amiibo for the first for any pre-orders and the first two weeks after release. Oh, so, neat. Yeah. I'll look into that. And uh, and I made sure to, to verify that before I canceled because I had a, you know, an already discounted price. I actually mine was discounted already by 10 bucks because I guess when they first entered it in the system, it was only like 50 bucks. And so I already had 10 bucks off because of that. But um but then it doesn't matter, so all right, so uh, that, that so wait, yeah, so pretend that you said color splash and I didn't grow. Okay. Well, no, <laughs> and I mean, we continue. <laughs> well, yeah, we were kind of done with that part. I mean, really, um, I think uh, there was a rumor just yesterday actually that there's a Nintendo Direct coming up that's going to reveal it, and that it's supposed to be revealed in a Nintendo Direct. So I, I exactly think that's how it's going to go. I don't think it's much of a. I guess it's a rumor, but I don't think it's Im- implausible by any means. And I do think they're going to hold to a March delivery, even if it doesn't have the lineup they want. I really don't think that they would delay the system. They know that the Wii U has no Steam left. Mm. You know? And uh, I I don't think they want to have a really dry spell before going into the holiday season next year. I think they want to start ahead of that. So, Uh, Moving on to the third point here. Uh, Shocktober 2016 is about to begin in a day. <laughs> in one day. Uh, are you guys going to participate in it, Paul? I have always participated in pretty much all of the uh, game events. You know, mar- <laughs> all of the month pun events that we have. Um, I haven't chosen what game I'm going to choose yet, especially since there's a lot of games coming out in the next few days that I really want to play. Plus, I'm you know in the first third or quarter of Dragon Quest Seven. Um, but I did promise my friend uh, last October that the next game that I'd play for October would be um, what was it? System Shock Two. Hmm. I think System Shock Two. So I might make that my game. I haven't chosen just yet. I did make a promise, and I generally don't like to break a promise, but also. I don't like to bite off more than I can chew, so sure. we'll see what happens. Like this year for um, Backlogist, I didn't even um, jump in until the very end with only a couple NES games. Last Backlogist, before I did like a billion games. <laughs> I mean, like, life's gotten kind of busy. I can't 100% uh, you know, cement yeah. myself to something. And I don't want to say I'm going to do something for sure unless I know that I'm going to do it. Right. So I will I will do something. It might be System Shock 2. It might be something a little shorter. Okay. Yeah. Joe? Uh well, conversely to uh Paul, I don't participate in any of the month pun. But is that I don't um I just that's not how I play games you know that whole thing about me like pushing through until i finish something it doesn't really lend itself to like okay i'm gonna play this in october or whatever well i mean truthfully playing through chibi robo does sound kind of (laughs) spooky 
Huh? Huh? Just oh. like put some fake spider webs on your 3DS when you play. <laughs> yeah, I guess I could. I could do yeah. that. Wear wear like a spider ring. You know, yeah, that you'd find in a capsule somewhere. Yep. Um, wait, I did wait, 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 one. Wait, wait. Yes. Playing through playing through Rodea the Sky Soldier does sound pretty spooky. <laughs> okay, I'm done. <laughs> Here's the thing. I was hoping you would do that. I was hoping you would try again with the other game. <laughs> and then you did. Uh, that's amazing. Uh, that's so good. Anyway, now I've completely lost. Oh, I was going to say, one time, so, like, I did once try to play, uh, I think it was like the, the whole, the whole site was playing through Breath of Fire or something like that. And I tried to participate. And then it was like, I got like way behind everyone or something, and then I was just like, uh, "Fuck this." <laughs> so anyway, so I tried. I tried one time. I know that's a little different than the than the month. Yeah, I mean, I get bummed if I don't necessarily participate as much as I want to. But with Backlogist, I did finish Pokemon Yellow, but I pledged like, "Here's two games from every co- from uh, 3ds, Wii U, and Steam that I was going to finish." And I finished just mm. one on 3ds. Mm. Um, but uh, I love the idea of Backlogus. I mean, that's that's a no. That is cool. That is cool. It's a cool, cool. Cause, and Shocktober is so. neat too. I mean, I do like the theme of it. Um, I'm gonna probably once again, as I do every year, uh, pledge Zombie U and not play it. Nice. <laughs> I really want to play it. Though. Uh, I think just, it is actually really good. How long does it take to beat? Um, I mean, it depends, and it depends how you want to play it. Uh, it is a slow-moving game, but it's scary. Um. Especially if you don't want to, if you don't want any of your characters to die. Well, that's the thing. As I've, as I've said on the show before, I haven't actually died yet in the game. You know, this is like five years ago when I got the game. <laughs> you know, I played for maybe like two, three hours, and I oh, survived. Man. Even the first big like swarm, I survived without dying, and um, I felt so pleased about that that I'm afraid to die. So, like the anxiety of playing the game, even though I know you're supposed to, like it's <laughs> that's part the of point it. of it, yeah. But the fact that I haven't makes me want to not play it, and then I just don't play it. Truth be told, Stephen, like if it's your first time through it. Whoever your whatever your character's name is, they're going to die, mm-hmm. and it will be very sad. Um, but that's a big part of the experience, and I feel like, I mean, of course, Ubisoft have recent, uh, not recently, but I think a year or two ago, they released Zombie on Steam because I guess they didn't make ton of money on Zombie U. Yeah. Um, but I feel it's a really definitive Wii U game. Yeah, I did. I mean, I liked it, man. When I like it, it played like it, it. It plays really well with the game, like with the gamepad and everything. Like I can't even imagine playing it without the gamepad. And when it comes to zombies, I or when it comes to horror, I mean, I'm not like I don't like gory stuff. I don't like uh, torture porn and all that stuff. But I do like zombies for some reason. And um, like I can't wait for The Walking Dead to come back this month or this coming month. And um, so Zombie U was a game up my alley, and I did enjoy it when I played. It's just like, again, do I relax with a nice game like Yoshi's Woolly World or do, or do I play Zombie U, you know? And, um, but I think I just need to do it. Uh, you know, now that my girlfriend's here living with me, um, maybe, you know, I've got that moral support uh, with the lights on, you know, I think I'll be okay. But it's not even actually the scariness of like the zombies or whatever, but there is that tension. I kind of like that tension of what's around the corner. But I what's guess, around the yeah? What's around the corner and you don't want that character to die? Yeah, I think that's it. I mean, if I had a little more gunpowder, I wouldn't be so worried, you know, but, uh, but it, it, I'm, I mean, I felt some real stress trying to use my stupid cricket bat to take out like three or four at a time. And it's like, wow. Okay. 
But uh, I think I think I might try it. I don't even know if I'll pledge, but I still might try it anyway. For Shocktober. Sweet. So um, it's now it's not pretty much the time we were planning to end the show. Uh, so let's spend a few more minutes over time and um, do our last "What Do You Think" segment here for the September first Nintendo Direct because we're getting it to you in a timely manner. So um, we do. Pretty much, I just want to ask you guys, what from that Direct, if you remember much, uh, grabbed you or, or was relevant and cool to you? Um, made you, you know, so interested in it that you wanted to say something in the show? Paul, anything come to mind? <laughs> Woohoo! Um, let me think. You know what grabbed me? The fact that Nintendo clearly is done with the Wii U. Yeah. Um, they went, oh, you like these Wii U games? <laughs> Here they are on the 3DS. Sort of. Um, unfortunately, I mean, Super Mario Maker is like one of my games of the generation. And mm-hmm. the fact that they're releasing it on the 3DS is great. And I would love to get it on the 3DS because it's one of my favorite systems. But it's missing the online interaction. It's, it's missing. They're, they're <laughs> they go, you can share your, you can share your levels using Street Pass. <laughs> okay, yeah, because I've gotten a street pass in the past month. So they could have just said, "You and your local GameStop employee can share each other's levels." <laughs> exactly. How amazing so would I, it be if you actually get a street pass level and it's just like one of those auto levels? It's, it's not <laughs> well, even one exactly that works. It. I want yeah, one that plays the little thing. You know, never going to give you up. I want that to play. But no, I mean it is a it is a dumbed down <laughs> version. Like I hate to say it, but I mean there there are a hundred new courses that are completely made for this thing. So that's that's enough to make me intrigued. But I can't see myself buying into it when it doesn't have amiibo support. Um, yeah, you can't, you can't actually do any direct searches on on all the levels. You can play the levels that people have made on the Wii U, but you can't share into that pool of levels, and you can't like search for your friends or search specifically. It's all just the Mario Challenge, and that's what you're stuck with. Yeah, and, and not only does it not have Amiibo support, it specifically just doesn't have the costumes at all. Oh, yeah, yeah, I guess that's like, true. I mean, you the, could the, the mystery normal, mushroom, right? yeah, the mystery yeah. mushroom is just absent completely. Well, I guess you know it doesn't have the horsepower under that hood to handle the Amiibo costumes. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, what? Uh, obviously, it's not a horsepower or a technology issue with with these changes. So. Like, what is the thinking? I really don't understand because sometimes, sometimes they'll cut corners. You see, like, a, a company releases a game that is sort of niche and they're like, oh, we got to shut these people up. So they put out a version that's like, you know, it's got the title and it's got the, the bare bones, but, but they chopped off some, you know, the, some of the frills. This is like, this is a major game. I mean, this is a, this is one of Nintendo's biggest success success stories. Whoa! <laughs> oh la la! In in a long time, right? So, like, why wouldn't they? I could very easily see them being like, "Oh yeah, put it on 3ds." But why not put like an awesome version on 3ds? Why not truly double down on your uh, on your good your good bet there? What am I missing? I have no idea. I mean, the okay. only thing I could think of was they just wanted to leave some something exclusive, because you know now we're not going to get those hundred original courses, which we I guess we could have easily. But um, they, you know they they have to make something to differentiate the two. So we first of all to encourage a double dip, 
which is where the 100 original courses come from. But I think people might be, I don't know, I'm not, you know, screw that sentence, because that's honestly bullshit I was trying to <laughs> just create, because I don't even believe it. Truthfully, yeah, yeah like, the, the double, I'm not going to double dip on it, and it's one of my favorite games ever. Yeah. Um, Because it's just, th- those extra 100 levels, great. There's a, a million other ones I can search, like, I haven't played half of Mop It Up's levels. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like, and she is hardcore into this. Oh, like, yeah, even even awesome. today, and I've kind of fallen away from it. Start calling her Mapamoto. <laughs> yeah, yep. seriously. Like, it's what I feel probably happened was they went, okay, these games, uh, just like Yoshi's Woolly World, mm-hmm. and which is of course another thing that was introduced. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like they're scrambling to have some stuff for uh, for the holiday season. They know it's nothing's really going to sell on the Wii U. They have some really stellar software. They they they're just throwing it onto the 3DS as quickly as they can. Mm-hmm. And that's why I feel like the uh, online integration and stuff is just not there, is because they just haven't put as much work into it as they could have. Like I, I'm not trying to make it sound super negative, but I feel like they're kind of rushing it. Yeah, could be. Yeah. And Willy World is not released until uh, early February. But, um, you know, that's got a whole new yarn uh, amiibo with Poochie, so there's probably enough to oh, entice people. And, oh, yeah, I gotta so get cute. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> but one of the only really things they've changed in the game is to add the little Poochie pups, which help you find secrets. But you kind of have that functionality anyway when you buy it in the game as an item, you know? Yeah, as one of so, the items you can purchase. Yeah. So I don't really know what's different, it's just... These are going to have the animated shorts, which honestly might be part of the reason it's delayed, just because it's uh, from the holiday season, just to make those things. I mean, it, that well, now we're talking about Woolly World. I also feel it's going to be missing a bit. Like, I love my 3DS so much. I think I've mentioned it enough. But when it comes to the, the, the yarn aesthetic, it's not going to be nearly as nice as on the Wii U. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, it's also good it's coming to the 3DS because it's a good game in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have no problem with that. I just feel like uh, Mario Maker is just, oh man, I would totally double dip on it if it had the online functionality. Well, it's just a little disappointing, right? Because it's not a new Yoshi game for Wii U, and it's not a new Yoshi game for 3DS. It's just a new on 3DS, but it's a but game it's, we've played before. It's got the adorable puppies. Yeah, yeah, and the animated shorts, which will be super cute. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, were those the things that stuck out to you most then? Because uh, cause I know we got a, kind of a, a whole slew of topics here, but I, I guess focusing in on what, what spoke yeah. to you most. Yeah, I mean, I, unfortunately, I know I talked about how my wife and I, we like to play uh, Pokemon together, but when uh, Animal Crossing New Leaf originally came out, I was so excited that we were going to play it together. And I know you and uh, your significant other mm-hmm. <laughs> play it or used to play it. Right. Yeah. Um, but she was really into this like online RPing Harry Potter website at the time. So we didn't get a lot of Animal Crossing together in, which was really disappointing. So one of the things I'm really excited for is the New Leaf update. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's going to get me back into Animal Crossing, and now that she's not super into this RPing thing, probably her into Animal Crossing more so than before. So I'm excited about that, actually. Cool. Yeah. You know, I, I I am, but I'm not. I, I just don't think there's enough new content for me to actually want to dedicate hours and hours. 
Mm-hmm. I'll go in there. I might buy a pack of cards and get a couple characters. Because that's really the, the the most annoying yet coolest thing about it is that there's new, completely new characters who are going to be showing up in their mobile homes uh, via the cards that you can scan in with the Amiibo functionality. And that's just cool because, hey, you know, it's character designs we haven't seen yet, and they'll be random, and so it'll feel very Animal Crossing-like. But uh, at the same time, you know, okay, once I hear what they say for a couple, three or four button presses, you know, what else is there? And I've already caught all the fish. I've caught all the insects. I mean, I've done everything I have already. My town's not going to change. So I, I don't know exactly how much mileage I'll get out of it. I'm still actually uh, just dying to have a Wii U version or some sort of, you know, home version, because now that me and Eric are, are living under the same roof, I want that old school, like, share a town thing again. You know, I want like, to try like, that. Like back in the GameCube days. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, let's just forget City Folk exists. Um, let's, go, <laughs> let's go as far back as the original. Um, seriously, though, I would like to, to share a town like that. I think that'd be cool. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, 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 but seriously, I don't, I think City Folk's the worst of them all. I, but, I, uh, um, I was lucky when the GameCube game came out, like the original Animal Crossing, I know it was out on the N64 in Japan, that's, that's a moot point. Um, mm-hmm. when that came out on the GameCube, I was in university and I lived in a house with a bunch of my friends and we, I mean, Dave, actually Dave was one of them, bearded nerd. He never cared about Animal Crossing. He's a jerk. But <laughs> the other people, they all had a house in my town and, you know, some of us would be in class and other of us would be home and we would leave, you know, notes to each other and stuff. That was really cool. Yeah. Like, and, and it was a brand new experience at the time, too. It'd be great for Animal Crossing to try to get back to that feeling. Yeah. And yeah, I guess this update isn't going to be huge, especially since I don't collect the Animal Crossing cards. Um, but I'll try it. Yeah. Well, it won't hurt. I mean, I think the Squid Sisters, I think we talked about this in past episodes, but the, the Squid Splatoon Amiibo are going to unlock some stuff in there too, That's which cool. is kind of different. And um, you know, I'm all for new content in in Animal Crossing, especially because it's free. Oh, absolutely. There's there's no comment about. Well, I guess the cards are not, but um, <laughs> true. Uh, but you know, I also see those as cards to some degree. But um, so it's semi free, and uh, whatever. Isabel's going to take care of your weeds. <laughs> so, yeah, I heard about that. So you get that too. <laughs> Because I would definitely have a lot of weeds right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I probably do, too. As long as Sydney doesn't leave my town, I'm okay. But if I... I, That's another thing. So here I am kind of nervous to play Zombie U again because of the the tension. I'm afraid to boot up Animal Crossing New Leaf because if Sydney moved out, it's going to crush me. She can't move out. (laughs) Well, maybe if you have her card, you can bring her back. I don't have her card. I I don't think she was part of the original 400. So, because I, I kind of stopped trying to hunt them after I found that out. I'm pretty sure she wasn't. So, um, if she was, you know, I got to go buy that card for like 10 bucks on Amazon or whatever. I <laughs> think she's worth that too. Somebody's selling it, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but, uh, okay, well, uh, not to necessarily cut you off, Paul, but Joe, do you have anything that stuck out to you? Uh, nope. <laughs> um, I was. All right. I, was... I love the classic Joe answer. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I it don't, is. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I don't mince words. I guess. Uh, anyway, but um, I was interested in your take, Stephen, on Peekman, because I know you are a fan <laughs> of the franchise. And what's so funny about saying it right? I don't know. <laughs> and you know, <laughs> and this game has, uh, you know, similar to some of the 
Chibi Robo stuff. It's like a, yeah, it's like a de- exactly. departure, and no, you know. The, so the second I saw the trailer, I instantly threw up a little bit my, in my mouth and uh, tasted like Chibi oh, Robo. Okay, oh, no. I'm completely worried that this game's gonna suck like that. Okay, I like the idea of it. I love the Peekman uh, world and, and the characters, and Captain Olimar is an awesome little adorable dude. He's standing on a picture, or the, one of the canvas prints I have is actually a Peekman-based one uh, from Orioto, and I've got him positioned up top in my office. And uh, so I do definitely like the franchise. I, I really actually want to play uh, the Let's, or not the Let's Play, but the um, you know the Wii version of the of Peekman that they just oh released. the new play control yeah the new play control that they released today. Um, on the uh, eShop. I'd like to play that at some point. But this one, you know, they're going to have to prove to me. I mean, it looks great. It looks really good. It uh, looks very pleasant, serene. But they got to prove to me why the hell this is fun, you know, because mm-hmm. it looks a lot of the same old move right, press A, move left, press A, you know, like what kind of mechanics are going to be cool and interesting and, and unique? I just don't right. see it as being that much of a fast action platformer. I don't need it to shoot a bunch of things, but what kind of strategy is going to be there? That I, I get in the in the main series because I love exploring uh, the 3D world, collecting all the different fruit and uh, and other artifacts, and then defeating enemies. But here you're going to be stuck because you're on a 2D plane. I, I think that's going to rob the series of a lot of its uh, charm. And I'm, I'm I'm skeptical. I'm hopeful, but I'm definitely more doubtful right now. Right now, did they confirm that this is not the Peakman 4 that uh, Miyamoto... No, they haven't said that either way, I don't think. Mm. I hope There's so. no way it is, That's though. scary. <laughs> I, you know, I can't imagine it is either. People I'm, don't, yeah, people don't think it is. I don't think yeah. he would um, mislead us like that. I, mean, he, I would hope not. When he says Peakman 4, I'm pretty sure he would think about the next in the mainline series. Did, did he specifically say Pikmin 4? Yeah, I think so. Oh, they, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't imagine, because this one specifically said Pikmin uh, in brackets, name not final. So, yeah. I mean, and and I think one of the really cool th- aspects of this game, uh, if I can jump in here for a second, sure, jump is like uh, when you want to explore a new area, you you get to use a roulette wheel. <laughs> <laughs> it's a roulette spaceship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which panel is spaceship? Sorry, I tried to make a straight face. Uh, you did awesome. <laughs> Great job. <laughs> I'm kind of excited for it, but I was excited for uh, Chibi Robo as well, and it kind of let me down. So we'll see what happens. That's wonder, my thought on I it. I know you didn't of, ask, but I wonder what kind of pack in amiibo they can sucker me in with. <laughs> oh man, I don't know. Like, uh, you have... know what would be pretty neat is his little rocket ship. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That'd be cool. The, as a non-character amiibo, SS Dolphin or whatever it is. Yeah, the SS Dolphin. <laughs> that's it. Um. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that would be kind of bulborb, bulborb, bulborb. Yeah. All right, all right, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> and I'll buy it, and then I'll I'll regret it because later it'll come out uh, by itself, and then it'll be sold for four dollars on Amazon. So, <laughs> oh man, yeah. Amiibo. Dude, if I think of I, if if I think of the import charges that I paid for a couple of those Smash Bros. Amiibo, I want to kick my own ass so bad. <laughs> Don't think about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's why, like, with the upcoming Amiibo, I'm just waiting for, like, Toys R Us sales. Well, again, Amazon with the deal, I get the 20% off, so I'm, I don't mind doing that. But with Poochie, I'm not stressing out that I don't have the pre-order for that. I, I didn't catch it when it went on, like, in the middle of the night, you know? And um, they haven't had resurgences, but, yeah, it'll be available. I guarantee it. Nintendo's done with I the shortages. Ha- oh, for sure. Like, I haven't had to 
pre-ordered an Amiibo in a long time. The, the, the last one I had an issue finding was Summer Outfit Isabel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I just, I, I'm not pre-ordering anymore. Yeah. And, uh, it took me a little while to find it, but it was kind of fun because, I mean, no one cares about it. Sure. But, but I mean, when I eventually found it at an EB Games, it was kind of exciting because it took like a couple months. Right. But it showed up. Like they're still releasing the stuff, right? Yeah. So it was kind of kind of neat because Amiibo is definitely not what it used to be, and I'm, I'm I think I'm okay with it. Oh yeah, I am too. I'm, yeah. It, it makes me think really that it really was more of a genuine shortage back, like a misunderstanding of how popular it was going to be, as opposed to a tactic. I don't know. I just get that feeling. I get was... the fe- I get the feeling that I have a giant pile of amiibo and <laughs> question to myself every once in a while and cry. But um I think you're right. I think that the, you know there was a shortage specifically of the ones that weren't Mario based. You know, you know the Fire Emblem ones. Those were always those are kind of the infamous, you know, amiibo shortage ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's Fire Emblem. Truthfully, how many people, you know, uh, percentage-wise have played through a Fire Emblem game versus, you know, Super Mario Brothers. Right. I really think it was more or less they proportionally did it. Like, how many people have bought this Fire Emblem game versus Mario? Okay. It's like 1 to 20 or whatever it was. We're just going to make that many Amiibo, 1 to every 20 Mario. But they didn't realize that in Smash Brothers, which is the context of those characters at the time, everyone wants every character because they play as everybody. Exactly. So that really screwed them over. Although to be fair, to to play devil's advocate, I think Rosalina and Luma was always kind of a tough one to get, and that's mm-hmm. a Mario character. So, but once again, it's a lesser known Mario character, so that makes sense. It really does. Yeah, and then they, you know, there is the other Rosalina coming out uh, that maybe was always part of the plan. They didn't want to oh, make too totally. many. Oh, totally. I mean, they've had a picture of that Rosalina for over a year now. Yeah. So. The the thing that I don't get that doesn't relate to this what do you think segment is um <laughs> why it's taking so long for Bayonetta <laughs> and Cloud and the you know the Ooh, yeah. Ooh. I feel although like, they have showcased part of Bayonetta now. Did you notice that? The ass, they right? They the well <laughs> <laughs> they showed like a little part of the of the evil itself. Yeah. Uh, I the, that. Uh, what's the company that makes Bayonetta the game? Uh I'm working on it. Anyway, that company basically did a tweet of you know, a, a weird, obscure view of the of the amiibo. So we know that one's coming. Yeah, but it is pretty crazy. Like we like the Smash series isn't done yet, and it's taking forever. And the last one to come out is going to be friggin' Corin. And I don't like Corin. I hate Corin, but I need <laughs> Corin because it'll be the last amiibo for the series. You sound right? hungry. I'm pretty hungry. I I really want my Cloud amiibo and my Bayonetta amiibo because I love both yeah. of those characters. I wouldn't mind having both of those. And then Corin because uh, I have to. <laughs> Friggin' Corin. <laughs> do you prefer yellow corn or white corn? <laughs> I like I like uh, both. You know, a nice frozen corn kind yeah. of mix. <laughs> when you throw one of those uh, ice <laughs> ice things from ice climbers, you know, <laughs> an icicle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, those are from uh, Super are uh, from Mario Brothers. Are they? Yeah, the the ices those. Yeah. Uh, Sad-looking ice things. Yeah, those are from Mario Brothers. Like, I had a feeling I was wrong because uh, the item propagated throughout the series when the ice climbers did not. So, although truthfully, they might be in ice climbers as well. I don't know, but they're definitely in like not Super Mario Brothers, but Mario Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. Aha. 
Well, okay. So, um, yeah, I think we touched base on all that stuff. Did that satisfy your uh, your question, Joe? Yes. With the uh, with the Pikmin. Um, Pikmin. Besides what's already been mentioned, I mean, the two things that I'll say really quick: the Zelda amiibo look pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I definitely think I got to pick those up, as much as I hate myself for it. But um, which yeah. which is your one? What's what's the one you think looks the best? Uh, you know, they're not in front of me, but I think. I would say it would go 8-bit Link. Okay. Then then Link, then Toon Zelda, then Toon Link. Nice. So you mean like Ocarina of Time Link. Or yeah, yeah, right. The, yeah, I'm excited for him because it's interesting because it's him playing the Ocarina. It's mm-hmm. like a very, yeah. like, it's a neat looking little statue. Yeah. I'm most excited for that one because, uh, I mean, I don't think you collect, you don't collect the, uh, World of Nintendo, Jack's World of Nintendo figures, eh? I've got a few, but I, I certainly don't try to get everyone or anything. Yeah, I already have two 8-bit links mm-hmm. uh, oh, from, okay. the, from that from that series. Yeah. So, I mean, I will get the Amiibo, because I'm an Amiibo uh, whore. Yeah. <laughs> Enthusiast. Yeah, that's it. I prefer my I, I, I think yeah. I'm most excited for both Toon Zelda and uh, Ocarina of Time Link, just because they're you know, different from things that I already have. Yeah, I think I just would have rather a different pose for Toon Link, and that's why he's at the bottom. Like, maybe holding, like, the pig or something and running around, or maybe if he was not in... Or, what, what's he... Is he in his uh, green tunic? What's I think I think so, but the fact that you said holding the pig, I'm now really upset that that's not it. Hmm. Or, like, holding the big giant, like, the big, big fat pig. Yeah. Right. Anyway... Yeah, you know, I think uh, I think he's, he is in his green tunic. Yeah, he's both. in the green. Yeah, he's in the green tunic, and he's using the Wind Waker, isn't he? Yeah, and he's kind of yeah. just posing. You know, um, he's playing a Just Dance three, and um, <laughs> I think if he was if it was a little bit more tied to the to something more specific with the series, I'd be more geeked about that. But uh, but whatever, you know, I think it's I think it's cool to see Toon Zelda in there, and I think just the the four as a set plus Poochie that that did make me happy. That was neat. But um, the other thing that, uh, besides the Amiibo that caught my attention, was Pacross 3D Round 2. Well, it is a download-only title, uh, and I haven't picked it up yet just because, you know, I got other things to play and uh, I'm trying to save a little money right now. But um, I definitely want to pick it up real bad. Have you played it, either of you? Uh-uh. I didn't think I have it, played. I've played Pacross. I've played, like, like, a bunch of different versions of the original, but I've never played a 3D version. Oh, okay. Well, the 3D version's awesome, by the way. Not as good as Picross DS, but still very good. And uh, so I'm very excited for this second one. I just haven't touched it yet, but uh, it'll happen. By end of year. I can feel it. That and the Rhythm Heaven uh, Mega Mix I need as well. Oh, it is excellent. So that's, uh, what, that's what I hear. Only problem is that, I mean... It, you already know, but it takes a little bit. You get in, you have to go through a bunch of like little short versions of everything until you really unlock the meat. But the meat is good. So would you say it's the Dragon Quest Seven of the <laughs> games? I would, except instead of twenty hours, it takes about you know an hour. <laughs> That's not too bad. <laughs> no, it's and and even and that hour is still pretty pretty fun. Hmm. Well, okay, so. Uh... I Wait, I got one. Up. I got one thing to to ask you guys about. Right, hopefully, yeah. hopefully quickly. 
uh, reminded me when you talked about carrying a pig. Yes. Okay. Oh, yes, of course. Fun segment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, I never played the original Beyond Good and Evil. Neither. But have what? you seen these rumors of the uh, sequel being on NX? Seriously? I didn't even hear about that. I've heard of the teasing going on for the game, but I didn't hear that it was supposed to be an NX thing. Yeah. Okay. So. Oh, yeah, go ahead, and then I'll give you more. Well, but I don't know enough about, like, since I didn't play the original games, I mean. I want to. I think it's on the Xbox Live Arcade. (coughs) By the original games, you mean the one The the one game, yes. I misspoke, yes. That's okay. It's almost (laughs) like maybe you don't know what day it is. Oh, boy. Um, so I, anything that has to do with VG and E, I, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, you guys are close, huh? <laughs> that's right. Uh, I, I, I think with a grain of salt, because I mean, they've been, they've been teasing the sequel to this game oh, for, I a know. De- for a decade at least. Oh, I know. And like, there's even been like, there was even like a CG cutscene, like of, like they did, they did the teaser trailer and everything, and nothing has come of it. So whatever. I mean, I truthfully, I think it's for real this time, though. Really? I'm gonna I have to look so. that up. Once this is done, I'm gonna look it up. Like, there's some pretty... new, there's some new artwork of a little of like a dystopian guy with a little baby pig thing oh, on so his it's... back. <laughs> that's neat. And that's what reminded me of it. It's so so cute. It's so adorable. That's right, pig. That's right. Um. That's cool. I mean, it excites me, but and I love the uh, Beyond Good and Evil, but but you've been, been burned s- too many times. Before. It's well, no, it's not even that. It's just it's been so long that truthfully, yeah. if I went back and played it again, it's probably an antiquated game. Mm-hmm. Um, I only played be, it. Do you think that they that that kind of game could that they could have a modern one and it would be it would work? Or do oh you think yeah, it's like antiquated. I, I, genre no, no, I, I I'm not sure. No, the genre like it's it's an action. It's an action game, basically. But puzzler, kind of. I don't know. It's hard to explain, but... But yeah, they could make a new one. It could probably be excellent. Mm. But it's also been so long that... Okay. <laughs> I, I I would love it. I, I will follow the news of it. The fact you mentioned that kind of excited me. It sparked me a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, if it doesn't happen, it's been so long that... I, I mean, I'm not chomping for it. Right. Uh... But yeah, that's interesting. I will look it up. Cool. Yeah, and I've got no reason to be, you know, uh, against playing the series sometime. Uh, you know, I just never did at the time, and I so I don't. I don't know. I guess I would hope that they maybe could find some way to re- release it all at once again. Well, how like rare and expensive is the GameCube version? That I don't know. Yeah, thirty-four, thirty. Uh, one guy without the box seems to have it for fifteen. Yeah, so just a decent price. And I think it's because it is available on the Xbox right now. So uh, I don't think that it's really something that is, um, you know, it's not that rare. I mean, you could. Find yeah, it's not like player, Earthbound so. or yeah. I mean, even Earthbound is available online now too. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's worth playing. Uh, when I, I th- the funny thing for me is when I originally played it, I literally just came off of playing like Jack and Daxter two, I think, mm-hmm. which had a very similar aesthetic. 
So the aesthetic itself, like the dystopian aesthetic, for some reason was really similar that it it didn't wow me as much as uh, it wowed other people. I really enjoyed it, but I, I, you know, it's not the be all end all for me. Got you. Yeah. Or Jack Three. I don't know. It was a long time ago. Tokyo Drift. <laughs> Never seen any of those movies. Actually. Me, me neither. <laughs> I think Joe used the right. I said me either. He said me neither. He did. He did. Yeah, but he that's did okay. Right. That's okay. I, yeah. I still respect you. Good. Um, I just respect Joe a little more. Yeah, you guys are in it together. That's why he voted against me. <laughs> it's like vote for me and I'll vote for you. You corrupt bastards. <laughs> okay, I think I think are we uh, good to to wrap it up then? Let's wrap it up. Please. Like a mummy. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make like a mummy and wrap this up. Um, a mummy doesn't wrap. Anyway, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Um, so I'm falling asleep over here, not because you guys are boring, but because I'm so tired from a long, long week. Uh, but I'm glad that we got to sit down and have a couple hours chat. So I uh, really appreciate you guys um, taking the time to do this with me. Mm-hmm. No Thank problem. you for organizing it, as always. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was it was tough getting our schedules to sync up, but I appreciate you guys, you know, working with me as well on that. And uh, and thank you to the listeners. You know, as always, uh, we really appreciate when you guys uh, tune in and uh, and comment and all that good stuff. And definitely, you know, make sure you go on negativeworld.org and comment and hit up uh, the Twitter and the Facebook and the Snapchat. Oh, wait, we don't have Snapchat. Don't forget our Patreon. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's um it looks like my bank account, but just no, it's a Patreon. Um oh, that's really all it is. Patreon is just we haven't done the Patreon thing yet, but uh maybe one day. I don't know. Maybe we should. Just I mean, why not? Just come on, Brandon. Tell everybody. Tell Seriously. everybody about this podcast. Donate five dollars to Patreon, you get episodes <laughs> on a regular basis. <laughs> Don't promise something you can't promise. <laughs> oh, that's, oh, that's funny. Oh, man. Episodes on a regular basis. It, it would help incentivize things. What will they think of next? <laughs> hey, with, that first, with the first four uh, um, donations, I'd buy a calendar and actually um, oh, nice. like mark it out. But uh, <laughs> anyway, well, thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. Uh, thanks, Joe, for co-hosting, and of course, Paul, for uh, yeah. for joining us. Of course. After tomorrow, you guys have a great October, all right? And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and we'll see you pretty shortly. Okay. All right. All right. Have a good night, guys. Later. Later.